Three, two, one. The Long Flight Foam Podcast is the most disappointing thing since I saw a Nazi write Amadeus half a star. Yeah, I guess that's... Maybe that was good. Was that, was that IHE? I- 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 no, I- that G. was um, Red Letter Media. Ah, oh, yeah, don't watch those guys, my bad. Um, cringe. Yeah, uh, Rip Guillermo, um, he's not here today due to unforese- unforeseen conflicts with uh, college and everything that goes along with that. So, Siegel is joining us today. Siegel, please introduce hello, yourself. Hello, hello. Um, I'm Siegel. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like movies, I watch movies, I talk about movies, I don't know. Yeah. That's what if I do. You, uh, if you didn't know, Siegel's very popular in Letterboxd. What a cool guy. I'm super cool. Yeah. Right, very good reviews. Yeah, I know. Thank you, thank you. Carson still doesn't follow him, but it's okay. I act, okay, here's the thing. Now that Karsten uh, turned off comments for everyone except friends, I feel like it'd be a really cool flex to actually comment on there because it'd be yeah. like that Karsten follows me. So I want to, I, I think it'd be really cool, but I don't think it's actually going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> the Cineflake podcast, though, with um, Ethan, with, he was on yeah, that. You were on that. So, yeah, he was on that, and he, I have I have messaged Carson. He's he's answered me, so I don't. It's Good. not like the craziest thing. Um, yeah, but flex but yeah, on. I don't know. It'd be cool anyway. It would just be a, it should be a cool flex just to comment a little bit, like hi, and that's it, just to show everyone. Like, ha, ha. Yeah, don't, don't don't show Carson the episode where we talked about long toast. He will not be happy. Uh-oh. Oh no! Actually, we <laughs> talked good about that. That was kind of like a meme. We talked yeah, about, I remember um, that you, uh, R- Rico. I don't know what, what, what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, Rico. Um, you, uh, you, you gave a whole thing about about how how into it you were on Letterbox. Yeah, a whole spiel. But um, here's here's the real discussion about not even about that specifically, but about Letterbox. Do you pronounce the D? Letterboxed. Yeah. Let, yeah, do, I do and I don't. It feels weird to, but half the time I just I don't know. I, I, I think, think it, I think I, I say it with the D. Yeah, like. I do, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It always feels weird to me either way. <laughs> now you're making me, like, question myself. I'm like, wait, do I? <laughs> yeah, like... What do I say? So, um, <laughs> in, in short, we've replaced um, the, the, the Mexican New Yorker with the Jewish New Yorker. So we're, yes. We're, yeah, yeah. 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 Not for long, though. Just this episode. Yeah. At least we think. <laughs> At least we think. The, yeah. how's, how's, how's your mishpuka, Siegel? How's your mishpuka? Oh, uh, we're doing all right. My my brother was here for Shabbat, um, Shabbat, with his with his two kids and his wife. That was really fun. Mm. Nice. I definitely know what that is. A few minutes ago, I'm, I'm not I curious. love saying I, I love saying mishpoka. Every chance I get, I say mishpoka. it. <laughs> <laughs> mishpoka just means family in Yiddish. I think I don't yeah, really uh, uh, Hebrew. I think yeah. I think that's what it means. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's family. Hello. Yes, okay. I think you cut out. Um, sure. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, anyways, um, th- th- this week we're doing two movies. We've got The Taste of Cherry and uh, The Player. Uh, very, Heck very yeah. cool movies. Um, Guillermo liked The Player, I think. Um, he didn't see Taste of Cherry, so I guess you can look at his letterbox if he ever watches that and get his opinions on it. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, but which one yeah. should we start off with? I guess uh, the player. I think let's, let's, let's do, do the it. player. Yeah, the uh, player. I think I figured out what this movie was when I was looking at like one of Siegel's like favorites list. Can't remember which one it was. 
Um, and I like, Back I was like, I was like, oh, this seems cool. I haven't heard of it. What is it? And then I realized like it has like a Criterion stuff. I'm like, how have I not heard of this? If it's on Criterion, anyway. Um, I watched it. Uh, it's on HBO Max. Um, and I loved it. Like, uh, it's like one of those movies that could just keeps on getting better and better with every second. Like, thir- first thirty minutes was good. Like, you know, I was I was like, okay, where's this going? And like, um, just the further like like down he gets with like this big lie or whatever. And like, uh, I, I just loved it, especially the ending. We can talk about the ending later, but the ending was probably the reason why I gave it five stars. Um, mm-hmm. Greatest if you guys want of all time. Yeah. That was just like perfect filmmaking. Like how, like that ending, I don't know. It's yeah. just so great. Just love what they do with that. Um, you guys want to piggyback off that? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say a quick thing. Uh, I, I've seen this is my third, maybe fourth time seeing it. Um, and I knew exactly when the ending was coming. The, till the second before he says traffic was a bitch. Like, I, I knew it was coming. And the second he said it, I still just like my heart. I just, the biggest smile, just so much, so many emotions just from that moment. Even knowing it was coming from the beginning, I knew that's how it was going to end. I knew it, I'd seen it several times, of course. And still, it just hit me. I don't know how it's just, it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. great, for real. Yeah, Jim, such a such such a great movie. My my review was just like you know those movies where like you're waiting for something to happen for like the whole movie, mm-hmm. yeah, and then like that, it yeah. just nothing happens, but like at the same time, <laughs> like so much more crap happens that you could ever like imagine. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's that, yeah. that that that's like it it. it like I think the, the long take at the beginning. Oh my god, that was just that's yeah, that's just like, yeah, yeah. Sets yeah. up not only the level of filmmaking, but also the sort of the level of meta of the whole. Film. Yeah, it's yeah. so meta. They're I'm talking like, about like, how long takes and how impressive yeah. they are and how yeah, do them, and yeah. it's so cool as it's not cutting ever. The graduate part two, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I oh, actually, graduate um, part two, yeah. yeah I, I, <laughs> I actually watched the long take twice. I like when I was watching it for the first time, mm-hmm. I rewinded it from the start to watch it. Dude, again. I was like, yeah, I was like, I was, it was midway through the sequence. I'm like, wait, this is a, is this a long take? Has it been a long take this entire time? And I was like, kind of thinking yeah. like, oh, it probably has. Like, okay, it's cool. so, it's so funny yeah. to say, cause I actually had two other friends who I recommended this to, and they both said they also, they rewinded after the first eight minutes and did that. Yeah. Yeah. Just to check. It was a long take, right? I was just, I had to check. Yeah. yeah. About, about the ending again. I love the, the scene where they're screening the movie, the, the whole, this whole time. And the, he, the way he put it on, um, oh man, I'm blanking on his name. Levy. Um, Richard E. Grant. No, the, the character's name. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Where Griffin uh, Mill like yeah. kind of gets it, says there's no second act, and he he, he yeah. drops it off onto this other guy. Man, I'm looking yeah. at his name. Um, I, I know uh, you're talking but, about. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, I love that they're they're screening it over there, and Griffin's like driving home, and and then it looks like everything that you would expect it a whole year later, and this film is finally made, and it's great, and everyone's complimenting it, and then suddenly you see Julia Roberts is in it, and you're like, wait a second, wasn't that like the, the, a huge thing? And then just Bruce Willis comes in with the gun. It's the great. It's so great. I love that so much. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I was like, you kind of like feel that it's coming. Like when I first watched, it, I'm like. Oh, and I just love how like the the writers just don't give a shit. They're just like, oh yeah, you know, it's like we we tested this out. The audiences didn't like yeah. it. Like this totally makes sense. And I just like if you want man. reality, 
<laughs> oh my god! There's reality so testing screeners didn't do well. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I uh, I have to I have to add. It's the one film I've seen where Richard E. Grant isn't insufferable. So like, great uh, choice. Mm. Yeah. Um, he was insufferable in Star Wars Episode Nine, and he was insufferable in Logan. So awesome to see him do well here. So kudos to, Who, to you. Here's Richard the here's the most important uh, part of the movie. I think. Who's your favorite like cameo moment? Uh, Malcolm uh, McDowell. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I would say Malcolm McDowell. Double. Like I think he came like right out of the blue. It was just kind of funny. It was a good gag or whatever. Um, my my personal favorite is probably um, man. I'm blanking out on names today. Um, wow. Uh, he's man. This is embarrassing. <laughs> Uh, he's they're they're eating at the restaurant right, and Griffin passes them, and and he's like asshole under his breath, um, and the guy's like he's one of a kind, and he's like no, actually he's not one of a kind. They're breeding them over there. Oh, oh, I remember that scene. I, I'm just yeah. Like, who's in the, who's in that scene? I just, I'm who's he talking to? Blanking out of the name so much. Uh, he's also I, I I'm picturing his face. I'm picturing his whole filmography. Um, Burt Reynolds. I don't remember who he was. Oh talking yes. To. Oh yes. It was the yeah. guy and the guy yeah. from Boogie yeah. Nights. The guy from Boogie Nights. Yeah. Yeah. I, um... Oh my god. My favorite favorite little moment. And the other one is John Cusack, where he just mm-hmm. kind of like Griffin tries to act all friendly with him, and he's like, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever. And he like walks away. Such a great I like, moment. I, I like seeing Jeff Goldblum. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that was really true. Funny. True. Um, I thought Cher was pretty funny. I don't know. Whoopi Goldberg played a character that that made me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. Was <laughs> For some um, reason, every time I watch this, I forget she's in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think I do the same thing. Like to be honest, like but her her character is so great, um, so fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, c- can you beat like the Bruce Willis Julia Roberts thing? Like, probably not. True. That was like the <laughs> coolest. That was like the funniest part of the movie. I love how right. like it's, it's also yeah. I love how like meta it is because I feel like the movie is like making fun of Bruce Willis, like in like his yeah, movies. And but Bruce then they Willis got Bruce Willis to Willis. do it almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah I also I just, thought that was really funny that he yeah. went in and sort of had it just yeah. brutally make fun of him so much. Yeah. Not not he an probably almost, just doesn't care. Not he's probably aware. Like he's like right. Yeah, because yeah, he's making money anyway. He's, he's probably just like, like yeah, I'm an actual star. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's not even that he's being self-referential. It's that the movie's roasting him. Yeah, and he's okay with it. It's yeah, that was really interesting. It's like, yeah, we don't want Bruce Willis coming out of nowhere, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah, <laughs> you know, it's ain't nothing. It's no big stars, just talent, you know. That's yeah. so funny. Um, yeah. I think that the, the other interesting thing about that last, those last cameos, is that it's sort of a meta cameo. It's them, and the fact that it's them is a big point. But they're playing characters, but you see yeah. the actors playing yeah. the characters, yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah, it's yeah. sort of that's the cameo. It's a whole, yeah. Also, um. It was a really funny moment. I don't know for me, like at the end when Griffin's walking into his new office and he has all those Oscars. It maybe like, I was like oh, look at all of his Oscars in a way. Because my brother like joined me halfway through to watch the movie, right? <laughs> it, like I was like, oh, look at all of his Oscars. <laughs> I don't know. That was really funny. I just love how Altman was able to just get back at everyone. You know. And I love yeah, how everyone, such... how everyone in the movie was like on his side. Like all these cameos are just the actors saying, "Yeah, we're with you on this." And I thought that was mm-hmm. just so cool because the '80s. Have you seen any of Altman's 80, '80s movies? 
I haven't I seen any of these movies. It's like almost painful to watch because he's still Altman and it's still incredible, but you can feel how repressed it is and how low, like uh, Secret Honor, which is a thing on Nixon. It's literally just a one person, one act uh, play where he, I mean, Altman's, I, I said in my review, I think I called him like Altman's like a scientist in a way that he's able to do something with it and, and create so much out of it. But you can see how little they let him do. And it just feels so great to see a movie where he's all out and it's just a huge, just absolutely fuck you. And it's just the biggest, like, proudest. Oh, it was so cathartic in a way. Yeah. So, Siegel, have you seen The Long Goodbye? Have you seen that movie? I have. That was uh, my I really first see Altman, that. I think. Um, yeah, it's so fantastic. Really great it's noir. Got, yeah, it's got Philip Marlowe in there, and he's the main character in The Big Sleep, like, 1946 or whatever. I haven't seen The Big Sleep. And so, like, is it a sequel or is it, like, a, a remake? Like, I was it really it's like confusing to me like I have no idea like no I, I I think it's a standalone I don't even I haven't heard, I've seen I haven't seen The Big Sleep right yeah and like Philip Marlowe is like the most iconic like detective like 40s detective right yeah like, I like think era. it's perhaps based it's based on a book so I think it's just based on the same series maybe right yeah maybe it's like in the series of like, like Philip yeah Marlowe, I like think the, so yeah, yeah. um yeah. the funny That's thing about that movie just really quick is Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it and he's like 15. And he's still like huge, but he's such a baby, and it looks really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah. just you'll you'll notice it, and it's hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> I can I I have a picture in my head of what that looks like right now. <laughs> oh yeah, like... it looks it's just baby face, but with the same size muscle. It's just it's hilarious. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That 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 sounds really great. But like the, the, yeah. the can we talk can we can we give like a, a small side note? Can we talk about how great the poster for the player is with the the new oh, yeah. okay. film? Yes, uh, that's uh, that's just a which side which poster are you talking about? The player's poster. The which poster I'm player. saying there's several. The one with the one with with the noose. Yeah, with the noose. Yeah, made it a film. Print. I know so it's a great it's that, a great that, poster. That's awesome. <laughs> I thought to myself, oh fuck, that's the coolest poster for a movie ever. <laughs> So, um, do you think that Griffin Mill is a sympathetic character? No. No, he's an asshole. <laughs> I think he, I mean, it's fun. I mean, it's fun to follow him, like, throughout the movie, but it's like, he's clearly, the right. movie is trying to paint him as a bad guy. It's, it, it does a good job of saying, like, yeah, these, pe- these producers are dicks, but also having them be the main character was, like, really creative i don't know just the way he told the story also tim robbins is like really tall like he's so, so tall he's so tall i'm like dude this kid this <laughs> guy could be an nba player like he's very tall he's six five he's in, yeah he's so tall he's yeah, so so tall like i couldn't I help love that. that yeah no it's it's i yeah no it's it's <laughs> he's just huge yeah yeah um <laughs> he's kind of like <laughs> he's one of those just bad people that you still root for like one of those assholes that you still like want to win Kind of. Well, no, That's how I, I, I think he wanted I to want lose, to <laughs> but he's so right. No, I definitely wanted him to lose at every point. Yeah, um, and that final line is like the biggest. Just he won, and you hate him for it. Uh, but yeah, it's still it's such like a, a moment because you. you know it's it's meta and everything like that. But it's such an yeah. absolute despiteful, horrible moment. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like you know he got away with murder, but you hate him more for that. Like he ruined yeah, exactly. movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think what's super interesting is the character of, of Larry Levy, the name, that's the name I was forgetting before, how they constantly throughout the first, even the, fir- the not the first scene, actually, right, right after the first scene ends, 
they start sprinkling his name in and it keeps being mentioned around Griffin and he's nervous he's going to get fired. And then yeah. he goes to meet David Kahane and David Kahane yells at him and he's talking about how, oh, he's going to bring quality pictures back and everything. And then you meet Larry Levy for the first time and all he's doing is trying to get rid of writers. And it's like, yeah. whoa, this is even worse than Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but but its change is seen as a positive and so everyone just assumes it's better when in reality the system is so anti-quality in a way it's so uh i don't know if sterile is the right word so into efficiency more than it is into telling stories and i thought that was just such a great like way to introduce him after so so much to be like oh my god he's horrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's a really really bad man he, he yeah sucks <laughs> what did you mm, I'm trying to think of my I'm not sure because what the, the script editor the one he's sleeping with I wouldn't know I wouldn't know if I would call him his girlfriend um yeah I was at so the beginning was that his wife or yeah. like girlfriend or like so no yeah. they're just kind of right so you you can sense that the relationship is very dispassionate yeah uh, like the way he he she's when he, she sits on her lap and she's like show me affection he just kind of does but it, it it feels rote like he even makes sure it makes sure to show that he's like spritzing his mouth with that thing he's always uh putting on his tongue yeah um, while he's doing it it's just kind of something he does and it's just he's it's very sort uh very just kind of dispassionate away and i don't know how i i'm not exactly sure how i feel about her meaning i like what the film does how what it use what the film uses her for in a way meaning to show right. how how horrible he is but i don't know how i feel i don't know if we get a, a lot of characterization about her yeah well like she, she, she's just really there it's just like 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 how, how many characters were like back in the day just to like she's like a a, a plot moving like character just like to get yeah i see her as like watched, just one yeah. of those love interests is like you know like in the end it's, that they just have maybe the most there yeah. You know what? At she's the in the end, when she she's maybe the most like heartbreaking character moment at the end, where he yeah, just kind of 100%. won't see her, drives away. Yeah. Um. I was watching the. I didn't. I didn't see the whole thing, but I watched about a forty minutes of the director. The it's on Criterion Channel of the director and the cinematographer and the um writer uh commentary and 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 Altman was saying that when he told her she's the only she has the only nude moment in the film. And when, yeah. he, when he told her that it was her, she's like, me? Are you sure? Like, no one ever asked me to do that. And I thought that was just a really funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you see her nude for like, like, like a millisecond, but like... Yeah, just, just, a, just like, a brief moment. But even yeah. there, even in, that, even in the hot tub, you see how it's just kind of, they're hanging out and it's just, okay, fine. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, the, there's no passion anywhere there. Like, yeah, like... yeah. He seems disinterested, like like for half the film, he really seems like disinterested and like in everything he does, like not just his relationship. He just seems like a really like 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 he 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 he, he like seems like a psychopath before you even know him. Like at least to right, me. he's he desperately wants to keep his his I would say job, but it's more his position of power and yeah. not his job. He doesn't really care about his job. He doesn't care about anything except to be in that position of power. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, and, oh, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. Wait, continue, sorry. Um, I love, I love the actor who plays David Kahane. Love that guy. I mean, that's, he's, he bodies it so well. Yeah. Absolutely, just everything about him was that, that whole interaction, the whole, his attitude towards Griffin, everything, 
just so amazing. I love, I, I just, I love that whole, I don't oh, even necessarily right. like my favorite part of that whole thing. Isn't even the ending where he, where he kills him. I just love the whole, yeah. his whole demeanor and his whole attitude towards Griffin and how he breaks Griffin down and everything. It's so great. Yeah. I know. I forgot. So you, you actually never really find out who sent him the postcards, right? Like you just, right. Like, right. It's just like yeah, a, a random a, people. Like, random people like you're destroying they're all written by Martin Scorsese like you're destroying cinema like you're just like evil person but like yeah I, 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 I love who, that it's never who resolved. do you mean I love that it's never Who's, resolved. Who, who are you referring to destroying cinema no I'm talking about like the the postcards like they're like sending him like a bunch of stuff and like I'm, I just made a joke like saying like it's Martin Scorsese writing this and you're destroying oh, yeah, cinema okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, um, and, yeah yeah I think that that it could have been any of they said they get what he said in that scene. He gets what fifty thousand scripts a year, and he can only say yes to yeah. twelve. It could yeah. have been anyone, literally anyone. The the yeah. and, and another part important. I saw. Yeah, no, right, exactly. It's the fact that, right, no, one hundred percent. Um, I was yeah. watching the, the again the director's commentary, and they were saying about the scene where he decides that David Gahane is the one that he's going to go after, and it must be him. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of he, he was talking about all the stylistic choices, how they rush through the scene, and they do close-ups, and they do just to keep you focused on the moment. Because if you really think about it, there's no reason that he believes it's David that he chooses David Gahane to be the one. Yeah. Why did he decide he's looking through fifty thousand scripts that he turned down, and he decides David Gahane? Yeah, that's the one that uh that that's sending me these postcards. There's no reason he chose that. Yeah, he he just did like a random like coincidence, like basically. Yeah, but like, he, and then and then he goes to the house and he hears uh the, he talks to the guy's uh, girlfriend, and yeah. and he's like and she's like oh you're the, the dead man and we we sort of know that it's not David Gahane and that everyone just calls him the dead man because he's so awful to writers but to yeah. him that seems a confirmation that this is the guy who wants to kill him. Yeah, and like it, it I think like, it, it's such a like great the ending is such a great subversion because like he's so obviously guilty like that like there there could be like no other culprit like in in the crime like in the situation like he was there with him at the night like he did everything like he was like so obviously the one that killed him and like whoopi goldberg mm-hmm. knows that right like she's just like this right they all they're looking out the window down at him when he's him. leaving knowing that yeah. they just can't prove it but he's guilty and the fact yeah, that absolutely. he gets away with it like says a lot like uh, uh, just uh, just uh, just about like culture in general and just like mm-hmm. the way that and power the way that, like yeah yeah who who the fuck let altman make this giant fuck you to the home industry like i i just think it's amazing. right it's amazing yeah. it's oh it's so amazing probably because he yeah. pitched it as like oh is this is a movie about like producer a producer it's like i mean it's so cool you're gonna be like the good guy and that's, that's probably what he did <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no it's 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 biting. It's it's yeah. yeah. No, there's not. There's this movie does not pull punches. No, <laughs> it's dark as shit. Um, Did you guys know that um the guy being who... artistically done? It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah what? that's great. The the guy who plays David Gahane is like Kingpin in the Daredevil TV show. Yeah, it's Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> that's, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. that's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin is is low key one of the best performances I've ever seen. He's so really? fucking good on that. Show. Wow! You should have you seen that? Have you seen Daredevil? It, it, it's written by. I've seen, the first, I've seen the first season. Uh it's written by the King Drew Goddard, so you know it's good. Ooh, like, yes. It, and he, and so like, it's like one of the few like 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 Netflix Marvel 
stuff that like I just respect mm. like completely. It's just, just because like... I want to make Jem happy, and we're speaking of Drew Goddard for a second. Goddard, Drew Goddard, um, not Goddard. Um, I just just to make you happy, I think that Bad Times of the El Royale um is better than Cabin in the Woods. It's so yeah. good. Um, and yeah. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Well, like I'm pretty sure I'm the That's biggest it. fan of. <laughs> Of of bad times at the El Royale like in the world, I I I doubt you'd find someone who likes it more than me. It I saw like, it. I went I, I went to see it in theaters like opening day. Um, because yeah, so did I. I. Just looked so cool, I and I went with a friend. Cool. I went with my college roommate, uh, and he walked out three times for twenty minutes each. <laughs> hmm. But I I was riveted. I I was enamored. We didn't have it. we didn't we didn't have school that day, right? So me and my two friends we went, and we had like this super empty theater and like this super nice theater. It was so it's such mm-hmm. a great experience. I remember watching that. Nice. Not I've seen sure. it three times since theaters. Also, I love it. I, I I think I've seen it like upwards in like the ten, like over ten times region. Probably. Better hangout movie than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, like that's like a given. But, like really <laughs> bad times. Like, yeah. Yeah. How is that a hangout movie? It's just a oh, vibe. it's such a hangout movie. It's, it's such a vibe. vibe. Yeah. I mean, I've maybe it's because I've seen it four times that by now it's just a hangout movie. I don't. Know. I mean, it has like a pretty de- like a like a tense plot. I want to say it's like yeah. a hangout movie. It's like I, would, like I mean, can't... there's a lot of yeah. I mean, it's not. I guess it's not as you, hangouty. But, but like, but like as... grim. Like, if you pay attention to it, like you'll get more out of it. But like, if you just casually watch yeah. it, it's still like like it. Like at least it's such like, a vibe. Yeah, I've seen it like three times. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot of anyway, shit in there. Sorry about that. Like so much better. Yeah. Uh, like I got the screenplay like early, like before it was released online from a friend, mm. and that was just like that was like I remember I was like oh I am too blessed to have this gift, <laughs> and I read it, I read it like I read it like four times like back to back it's so good. Anyways, um, stop ranting about Drew Goddard. Yeah, sorry. Say that <laughs> say that the the player is just one of the movies ever. My yeah, definitely, undoubtedly. Yeah, one of them. Um, sort of, sort of like a just uh, the word. I'm thinking of several words: invigorating, enlivening. It's something about it just makes me feel so alive. It's such an exciting, just in in terms of every aspect of the film. I love how uh, the its use of of um, zoom, like how how far the camera's positioned back and it zooms all the way in. Oh yeah, the slow zoom. Like that. Yeah. Like yeah, it's such really a, cool. there's a tiny moment that for some reason, every time I see it, it just fills me with so much joy. And it's such a small moment. It's near the beginning where it's the first, the time he, when he gets that first postcard, I think it's perhaps the second postcard. Um, and he gets into his car, the guy, right? He gets his car and he, he, he sort of just pulls the windshield wiper. He, he hits the windshield and he pulls it out from, from under the windshield wiper. You know, you know the shot I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's I don't know why so 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 the camera oh, kind of yeah, pulls yeah, out a I little bit and then it zooms into the windshield wiper. The windshield wiper goes up. He hits his hand out and then and then he pulls it out and then the camera sort of zooms back out and then into the postcard. I just I don't know what it is. I can't even explain it about that tiny little moment. That's just so exciting to me. It's a cool mm-hmm. shot. Yeah. It's just oh, it's so amazing. And then yeah. the 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 pool party where we kind of another scene where we don't yet meet Larry Levy but we see how. Um, his personality sort of we see his uh persona um the whole the whole scene is the, the camera is actually not moving uh not not moving it's, it's positioned in one place and they're just moving it around following people and but it's always positioned set on one side and the other side of the pool um and it's just kind of zoomed in to whoever and wherever they need to be and they didn't even tell the, they didn't it wasn't scripted as much as it just had a bunch of famous celebrities come and do their thing yeah yeah 
<laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's so cool. Do we, do we have anything else to say about it, or should we move on to Taste of Cherry and give our ratings for this movie? Um, Any I don't have anything thoughts? that I'm thinking of now. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this is easy. Ten out of ten for me. Yeah, for for First sure. One. one of the easiest. Yeah. 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 Mm. Easy. Yeah. Five stars. Done. Yeah. Absolutely boggling this whole. Easy. Graham, yeah. sorry. Um, Rico did not. You can edit that out, sorry. Uh, no, you just call me Graham. Yeah, you know Graham. Okay, cool. Uh, didn't give it um, five stars until he got rid of the half stars, I think, right? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. We're like, yeah, easy 10 out of 10. You're like, oh, all right, fine. I got rid of half stars, so it's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but like... Like for me, like when I was watching it, like I don't get my ratings until the podcast, right? But I was just like, oh, easy ten out of ten, just like, just like easy, oh, it's so easy, yeah, just like, yeah, <laughs> fine, like, just like, yeah, um, yeah. And now we're gonna move on to Taste of Cherry, which is very, very, it's a very different film than the player. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, it's set in Iran, and you follow this guy. I forgot his name, even though I just watched it this morning. Um, he. Uh, just drives around and he's looking for some guy to help him commit suicide. Yeah, very, Not very quite. dark subject matter. I'm just yes. giving like a simple. I'm giving a very simple explanation, Siegel. Don't worry. Yeah, I think, but I think it's important to note that he's not looking for someone to help him commit suicide. He's looking for someone to bury him once he himself commits suicide. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you, you, yeah. That's that. Sorry. That that, that is that, that 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 that's much better. Yeah, that, that's a much better explanation. Um. Yeah. What you what you think of Taste of Cherry. Good movie. Um, yeah, it was good. <laughs> uh, um, I liked how sober it was, in a way. A lot of films that deal with such uh, heavy topics kind of get lost under the weight of what they're exploring. Mm-hmm. And, and Taste of Cherry just kind of knows what it wants to be. And it's it's simplistic, kind of, but not in a way that's minimalist. Just in a way that that it's very. I don't know. How, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what I'm trying to say. But uh, like, kind of, it knows what it wants to be. It knows what it's trying to say. It's super mature about it. It's super direct about it, but not in a way that's overshadowing what it is. Sort of, it what, doesn't get lost it? in itself. I, like, I I think it is minimalist cinema, and I I think it's like minimalist cinema, like done at its best. Because like you, mm-hmm. you you don't you don't really like not when you think about it, not really much happened like throughout the film and like how it's shot is like really like it, most of it's set in his car like basically he's got these beautiful mm-hmm. landscapes right but it, it, most of it you see it through his car so like you don't really yeah. see most of it or then, right or just like, you see either from yeah. inside his car or you see his car driving around mostly yeah yeah and then um That's about it yeah then like there's this scene I guess we're talking spoilers like. Spoiler discussion, obviously, but like it, when he goes to see that guy who works at the observatory, right, or like whatever that mm-hmm. museum, I think it's a museum, and he goes outside yeah, and, he looks sure at, and he looks at the and he looks at like he looks at the sky and he sees the children running mm-hmm. around. It's that like it's like a sense of like relief because you've just seen like the world kind of like diminish, like look through his car, but like when you just see mm. the 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 it's outscapes, really like it, it feels like. It feels like just so vibrant. I don't know. It made me cry. I don't know why, but it. Just I did. I love that point. That's a really good way. It, it yeah. just like because like you just see this and you're just thinking, fuck. Like just isn't isn't like the yeah. world just so beautiful? And then you just like and you, you you see this man who just feels like he has nothing left to live for. Just like see 
just see like like what makes life worth living but then at the mm-hmm. same time i don't think it's enough for him and mm. like it's just, yeah it's it's heartbreaking yeah. but beautiful at the same time I, I i just like well the ending is left ambiguous obviously like we don't know like yeah. what, what happened but like y- you have the reason to think he killed himself and he didn't kill himself at the ending you know you you have the reason to right like, i think you know, i think i saw someone said it put it really it. brilliantly where the yeah. ending is just kind of puts it on you what would you do in this scenario was he yeah, is is exactly. convincing someone uh, out of suicide even a possibility at that point um where someone's so committed to it um mm-hmm. and and do you in you if you it kind of puts you in his shoes and, and you can decide what you would have done in yeah. that scenario would you have actually killed yourself or not um and it just i i just think that's such a such a smart way of of mm-hmm. just breaking it between just the film with ideas and putting you in this position. Yeah, I think what it does more than putting you in his shoes, I think it's like, I think like not between like, would you kill yourself? I think it's like, did this guy kill himself? And I think it's right. Like if you were in you. his shoes, what, what do you think? Meaning in that yeah. Scenario? Yeah. It's like, well, it's like, do you think he killed himself or not? Like, it's like, are you an optimist or a pessimist? That's kind of what it right. like, reminds me of yeah, like right. it, that type of ambiguous ending. Which is that's also yeah. very well done in prisoners. No spoilers, but that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what it reminded me of. Mm. Um, uh, not to get into prisoners. I think really. prisoners has a clear. Yeah. I don't the think sound prisoners was the sound that. design has a, I don't, tells you how. Yeah, but the prisoners ending was like supposed to be ambiguous. I didn't find it ambiguous, really. Like to be honest, but like I, I guess you could but say it ambiguous. Was, you hear? I, mean, I don't want to say. I, I don't want to get into spoilers about prisoners. Nobody's. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Just because nobody's going to be expecting that, and then suddenly, like, wait, what? Yeah, fair, <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Anyways, um, uh, look, 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 I just think, I think the scene that, like, I knew, oh, fuck, I'm gonna, like, this is, like, gonna be amazing, is just, like, the, the, the opening, like, like, I, 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 I can't explain, like, there, there are some moments in films where, like, just nothing is happening, but it's just the vibe and, like, the trip that you feel like you're going on, that you just, like, you just, like, oh, you just get, like, like wrapped up in the scenery and just, like, the mm-hmm. the momentum of everything. And I don't know why the opening shot felt so, like, atmospheric and so, like, dense at the same time, but, like, it just did. Like, just, like, and then like, there's those scenes where he's just, like, driving with those, like, and he's, like, laborers are coming up to him, like, asking him to, like, mm-hmm. ask, asking for work and stuff like that, and he just, like, drives off. And then, like, the the people he stops for, I feel like a, they're like they're very different archetypes of like, and then it's really interesting because I think it's a film more about its themes than like about it, it its characters really because like each of the three characters really just like themes are like different right like you have people. the young guy who's too optimistic and not really thinking about suicide and he refuses to exactly. even think yeah. about helping him and then you have the yeah. guy who's more intellectual and he brings up religion and he brings up why he should live and then you have the older guy yeah. who kind of experienced it himself and gives yeah. him more hope and reason and optimism in a way and you and have right now yeah and the fact that and, he's the one that he yeah. runs after at the end you know like he goes to yeah, see him yeah. after his conversation. Like you know that those words meant something to him, even though he doesn't yeah. really look phased by it on when he's driving. You know, like such he, a beautiful moment when he says, "Shake me, just make sure I'm actually like yeah. dead. I might just be yeah. sleeping." Oh my goodness, yeah. that was beautiful. Yeah, that's what I was. Oh my about. goodness, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, 
everything about that. And when he's talking about like, I don't remember what they call like the manberries or whatever they were called. Mulberry, yeah. Mulberries, yeah. I, and, mulberries. And, and, and I, I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't remember either. Like he's talking about them and like he's like saying like, mm-hmm. that's what saved me, just like a little mulberry. And it just like made him appreciate like nature's beauty and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think it's like, a, that's just like, uh, like uh, and that's why I, uh, why is it called taste of cherry like uh, like that maybe or like, well they yeah no it's well it's don't that. they mention it that taste yeah. taste of mulberry wouldn't have been as good but they do mention the cherries he in that conversation he says you taste the yeah, cherry it's, so. it's the little yeah. things i think yeah. i think another really interesting point about its ambiguity is we don't know why he wants to kill himself he just yeah. decided and it's definitely existential it's not like an act of patriotism or an act of mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it's not, there's no, there's no like intellectual reasoning behind it or emo- it's, it's, it's purely the fact that he's, there's something that about his life and he's, he's easily the most well off financially in the film that we, we it's well, made clear that we, how much that he's willing seen. to pay and everything. Yeah. But like, we don't do know mean? his financial status. Like really, like we don't really right. know. Well, that's true. He could, he could be giving away the last of his money, I guess. Yeah. And we don't like, um, we don't, we, the only thing we but know I mean, about him, he does have a car. We don't see cars yeah. besides for his, except maybe a brief moment of, of someone beeps at him just for a second. Yeah. But I mean, everyone else, he has a car. No one else does. Um, and I think that yeah. also puts you in the sort of position to, to not decide why he is or, or, or put yourself in the position of why you would, but kind of, kind of uh, just, just, just to reflect on that moment and just think about your scenario and, and, and what, what got him to this point in, 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 in kind of in your own way without the yeah. film telling you what got him there and taking that away from you. Yeah. Um, and like the, the ending is pretty strange because then it cuts, then it kind of breaks the fourth wall and it cuts to like them making the movie. Um, right. Right. Like, and like, I, I like, I don't, like I don't really count that as the ending. Like I really just count the ending as like the actual ending. But, like I, yeah. I, I, I just kind of, count that to like show like to, to like break the fourth wall to show like oh this is just a movie like don't actually commit suicide right it kind of yeah, yeah that's kind of yeah. Like, that's kind of like what i what i sort of thought it meant but like i'm not I think, sure i think that it it yeah um i think it does a few things the thing that most interesting that i found the most moving i guess um is that it kind of tells you that life is about the simple things and life's about what you make it sort of at the end mm-hmm. and then you see yeah. kurosami making a film and that sort of gives a sense that's why he's living in a way yeah oh i like that didn't even oh that's yeah that's genius. that's what i thought that's probably gonna be end up being what i write because that's that's my most interesting thing that, about but it's that's... sort of just just you make your own yep. reason to live and you it's the small things that's what you want to make of it and then you see him doing what he wants to make of it and, and right. doing carrying out his reason for living yeah mm-hmm. you've just like solved my one thing that i was kind of apprehensive about yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 all right <laughs> that's that's that that's kind of genius. Yeah, I, I love. Yeah, that. I really love that. Yeah. I saw this that's, thing that's where where people were saying the ending was like some like statement on the Iranian government. Um, what? Like, what does that have to do? With I mean, anything? I think I think because I think every Iranian film has such controversy yeah. around it because Iran is very censored. Yeah, but I don't I don't see, think that in any sort of narrative sense that that's a. Well, like it, valid, yeah. I think yours makes like so much more sense. It's, yeah. Yeah, I was as soon as I thought of it, I wrote it down. I'm gonna try to figure out how to how to write it up and put it on Letterboxd. I think that that'll just be my point. I really, yeah. I really, really love that yeah. point. Uh, it, it, well, if you think about it, like in a political context, I'm sure there might be something in there, but like we don't know, so like we can't really. See right. It. I mean, like you're thinking of Iranian films. You think of uh, even Close Up is a big one from Kiarostami. Did either of you end up watching that? 
No, I I I want to now. Like now, I'm yeah, definitely. Gonna, it's like, literally completely recontextualized every film I've ever seen, every film I'll ever see, every film I see. It's 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 I can't even talk about it. It's it's mind blowing. It's in every way. Okay. It's the most in the yeah. most minimalist sense. It just shatters every perception of what you think cinema is. Like that, or you think of this is not a film by um ah blanking out his name again. Um, but you think of all these films about uh, this is not a film is literally about the director in his uh, I'm gonna look it up, but in his in his apartment waiting for for the cops to come and arrest him for making movies, and he's just talking about what ideas he has and what he would make, and he's framing it with living room chairs, and he's he's there's just a lot of censorship in in Iran, and he had to smuggle that film out to um it's J- jafar panahi um definitely mispronouncing that because i'm super american but but um it just kind of there's there's a lot of censorship and iranian films tend to be more meta because they have to kind of get around the government so i i think that that's probably a valid point in terms of its historical significance and in terms of all that but in terms of the film being affecting as a kind of emotional and narrative experience i don't think that that has anything to do with anything Damn, that's that's crazy. I, that, yeah. that that's insane. I, I I gotta watch that now. Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's it's astounding. It's it's incredible. Oh shit! Yeah, that seems. <sighs> that seems like that 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 would seem heavy to watch. Yeah, know? I mean, it is and it isn't because it's just the guy in his apartment just just exploding with creativity, just oozing out of him, but he's not allowed to do any of it. But it's kind of mm-hmm. just him in his apartment talking about what he would do. It's very com- it's it's so these minimalist Iranian films are so much it's uh, without doing with do, while doing so little it's so great I gotta see, I gotta see more Iranian cinema it's it's amazing yeah I, I think the the thing that stood out to me the most was the dialogue and like just driving it was like really hypnotic and um mm-hmm. I, I just really loved how yeah I really love how like little was was revealed while you know he was talking. And like it slowly builds up, like who this character is, like kind of like what he wants, like that that scene with the the first one with the when he was with like a soldier, the military boy, um, and he like you know he goes out of the car and he's like you know I don't know I, I really I really just enjoyed how like simple it was, but like yeah how like they could have just easily just it could have just been a bunch of exposition. But they were just like actually mm-hmm. talking and slowly working in, you know, who these people are and stuff. Right. Um, and I don't think there's, I don't think there's any way um, he killed himself because I think in the movie, one of the guys was saying if you really wanted to kill yourself, you wouldn't have anyone bury you. It's just a cry for help. And what I think that was in the movie, right? Like, I think that's. I don't, I don't recall that being in the film, but it's a really good point. Okay, it could I, can't be remember, I can't remember. I think one of the characters said it. Maybe they didn't. It doesn't matter, but maybe that's just something I was thinking while watching it, but I'm like... It's definitely an excellent point. Okay, yeah, like, you know, if he actually just wanted to die, wanted to get off this earth, he wouldn't have anyone bury him. Like, I feel like the only way he would want someone to bury him would be, like, you know, if he had loved ones or, like... Yeah, or, or, yeah, like, to convince him not to do it, but if he... Yeah, and then at the end, whenever he goes out and he talks to that professor guy, like, that was, like, pretty Mm -hmm. obvious, like sign that he wasn't actually right. going to do it. And it does show you when he's lying down at the end in, uh, in his yeah. whatever uh, makeshift grave uh, that he's kind of looking and it shows you the beauty of the nighttime sky and the clouds mm-hmm. and the moon and, and the trees and that sort of thing. And it does give you a sense of beauty. But I think, again, that the ambiguity 
uh, is meant to make you reflect on if that's what you're seeing or as if or as if he's really mm-hmm. there's no going back from a point where you're so determined to mm-hmm. kill himself. And I think again that that comes is he really so determined to kill himself? I think there's a lot there's a lot to be said on if it's if it if he's so set on it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like you're yeah. saying, uh, yeah, no, it's a really interesting point. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's I there's it's so it's just I again it's so amazing how little the film seems to be doing and then how much it does. It's 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 so cool. Yeah. I mean I really enjoyed it, just like I can't really say anything else. Um Jim, do you have anything else to say? Yeah. Uh like I mean I t- to be honest, like I'm I'm like I'm gonna put this in like my I have like a list that I have in Letterboxd of just like all the movies like that are like that I like give my award for visual excellence and like I'm just gonna mm. add this to there because I just think it's just like yeah just like so good looking and um it's surprisingly sharp in its visuals. Yeah. It really is it was something it, that it really, stuck out to me. Like it's really yeah, like just just it, crisp it really images. surprised me. Yeah, it, it's just it, it's just gorgeous and it's like it, like I'm just gonna go on a rant about Roger Ebert's fucking brain dead dumbass review of the taste of cherry which is just oh no he just like first of all like, disclaimer I just i'm a huge roger ebert fan oh but so I, I. I, definitely I, don't, love... I definitely don't agree with all his takes sorry. obviously because that sorry, would be sorry. moronic i gotta i gotta i gotta preface this too that i love roger ebert he's he's like one of the reasons that i i watch movies he's just he's amazing like i, I love that guy mm-hmm. death and and that's why i have to give him shit for this dumbass take <laughs> all right um absolutely basically <laughs> basically he said that like oh it's just like a boring movie where nothing happens just like people driving and just like he's nothing you know just, oh, i mean he's right and he's right <laughs> that's exactly right and like, it was like that, but that, he just completely yeah, missed everything but he just yeah. like completely missed i mean it's almost thing. hard to believe that's what he said knowing yeah wow that's not great and then he did he did the dumbest he said the dumbest shit like that it said it has like no um uh like what what was i gonna say like it has no um no, he said, "What's it called? Like it has no, like tension or like stakes or like, I mean, or, like, and like, and it kind of doesn't, right? But like, and oh, sorry, right? But not it, every film needs to. It sorry, has yeah, what it has. That, yeah. and it is what it is. And, and what he it's said, perfect in that way. That I think he's downright like wrong about is that he said that it has no conflict, and like I'm thinking hmm. like the whole film is a conflict, like an inner conflict yeah. with this one yeah. character, and just because it's not like a literal conflict between two characters doesn't mean there's no conflict within the film. Yeah, no, that's a that's and a think, pretty bizarre take. And I think it's like pretty. I I think he kind of just like missed the point of the movie. Like, to be yeah, honest. it does seem like um, it. <laughs> yeah, but like, it won the Palm Dora in Cannes in like nineteen. Yeah, or yeah, I noticed. I noticed it won Palm Dora. Uh, Criterion yeah. has it separated by under under like the Palm Dora winners they have on their channel. And yeah, that was cool. really cool to see. Um, um, another, but just just because we smashed Roger Ebert a little bit, just to just to talk about how based he is, he gave Cars two a three and a half out of four. So that's pretty epic. Oh, based based Roger Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that ironically. I know that you you both think that I'm saying it ironically, but I'm not. Cars two is amazing. Anyway, go on. I have I have uh, a rule that I talk about Cars two on every podcast. Come on, just for oh, 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 sorry. Oh, oh, <laughs> Apparently, oh, Roger say. Ebert. Apparently, Roger Ebert said it had something to do with like homosexuality and stuff, like with the guys he was putting in his car or something. 
I'm like, what? Inch? That's a weird take. I mean, I'm very I'm sure weird. He ex- I, re- I, you know, I want to read his review after this because I'm, I'm. Yeah, yeah, I'm no, he really did say that. He, he say. did say that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably what he thought. Like when it started off, because it kind of maybe you could get that vibe that he was like trying to get young guys in his car to like maybe have second. Mm. But like, I'm but not I mean, sure. Like, uh, I think he completely missed the point if he thinks that. Like, yeah, uh, it does. Yeah. It does. And that has nothing to do with the movie, though. Like, yeah, not like, a little bit. I guess you can think that, but once you see that. It's not what it's about. I would have dropped yeah. that notion immediately, even yeah. if it had occurred to me. He's adding subtext that wasn't there, like completely. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's really interesting. That's, that, that's dumb. It's Roger ambiguous, Ebert's but it's not that ambiguous. Yeah, but also, Roger Ebert's review for Blue Velvet is also pretty stupid. Oh, she's naked. We can't have that. And like that guy used to review porn movies. So like, what's he on about? Like, just like. Huh. Uh, he, he, so, like, uh, some of his reviews really trigger me, but like he gave Ra- he gave the player a four out of four, though. So yeah, Le- Le Samurai and like he wrote a, I love his review of a player, absolutely excellent review. Yeah, his review for uh, Lost Circular Rouge is a must read for any person after they watch that movie. It's mm-hmm. excellent. I have amazing, to see that amazing review. Um, Don't kill me, but I, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not going to kill you. Don't worry. Most people haven't seen <laughs> <I'm> that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Most people haven't seen that movie, which is sad, but like. Everyone should watch that movie. Um, yeah, Roger Ebert didn't get to see Twin Peaks return. Rip, but whatever. Dude, um, he gave Blue Velvet one star. That's like oh, yeah. one of my favorite yikes. movies. Yikes. Big yikes. Um, I have a friend who gave it a two out of five, and he wrote a really disrespectful review. Like, just, just talking about how, how about Lynch as a, as a director more than about Lynch as a filmmaker. I don't know if that makes sense. Just to how, like, Lynch's... I don't know. I, I can send it to you later. It's just, oh, it bothered me so much. He barely even talked about the movie. He just talked about how much he disliked Lynch, and I just, oh, I hate wait, it. Who was it. Wait, who was this? <laughs> oh, a friend of mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really, um, really. I went on a hole. I, oh, it was not fun. <laughs> people need to give Papa Lynch the respect he deserves. Yeah. yeah. Except um, for, like, Eraserhead. I mean... What?! You good? What was it? What was that? <laughs> I said except for, except for Eraserhead. What's the Not like Eraserhead. Uh oh. No, actually, I don't dislike it. It's fine. I've it. only, okay, like... I've only seen three narrative feature films from David Lynch. Um, I, I'm just disappointed because I know he can do better. I'm just and I did give Eraserhead the lowest of the the lowest rating of the three, but it's still a strong eight out of ten, and I, I adore it. And I wrote, I, I really love it. I think it's. Really I mean, cool. I have it at three it's, stars. It's almost it's like it's okay. Like it's fun. It's almost more simple than people make it out to be, but I'm sure that I'm just missing everything. <laughs> no, it's I understood simple. it. I, I understood what, it, what at least the most basic sense of what it's going for um, about just fatherhood and all that uh, right away. Yeah. Um. Basically, a funny story about Eraserhead is like I watched it because for media we had to like make a video essay on the director's style, and so like mm-hmm. I was like David Lynch because I was really into. I just finished Twin Peaks: The Return, right? So it's just like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, that that guy. I'm a high. And then, and then I watched Eraserhead. And I'm like, there's no way I can like kind of break this down into like simple right. like, video essay <laughs> from school. <laughs> just like, and so I just gave up and did gave up and did Melville. I was just like. Oh. Screw that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, uh, but like it's Eraserhead, <laughs> like I, I think I, I'm going to go see it in a cinema later in the year. And I'm sure I... with that experience, I'm going to like it yeah. a lot more. But yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, it's, feel, it's, I feel pretty mutual. Especially with that opening in a, in a, in a theater would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. Just, I mean, I'm just like, I'm not that impressed with it compared to what I've seen Lynch too. I'm just like. I mean, it is a debut, so. Yeah. There is I mean, that like, it, small. It, 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 
it's not Mulholland Drive, but like no, it's like I he everything that he did, like he didn't do anything necessarily. I just don't like the movie. Like I just yeah, no, yeah, way too. Mulholland Drive is out of what I've seen. My my definitely my favorite and my second favorite film of all time. Even yeah, I think uh, Blue Velvet and Firewalk with Me are much better. But like I've seen Blue Velvet, Eraserhead, and and Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive is is without a doubt my favorite. I give that like uh, I think I give it three stars. Mulholland Drive? Yeah, I had it at three and a half, and then I switched to the other. Like, okay. To, to be fair, you have only seen it once, but, like, you shouldn't yeah. have to, like, I guess you don't really have to. Like, I'm, like, I'm not, like, like I, I don't think Mulholland Drive is for everyone. Like, when people it's just, not, like, see how. I don't, and I, and I think I, I that. Think, to be yeah. honest, some people, like, rate it five stars without even really understanding it. Which yeah, that's really what pisses me off. Like, really, like, yeah, I don't... It's a little bizarre. People so, suck Lynch's dick way too hard. Like, the movies I like from, like, <laughs> these are, like, genuinely, like, Blue Velvet, in my opinion, is, like, a genuine masterpiece. Like, I think that anybody can enjoy that who, like, loves movies. Have you... Like, Mulholland Drive, you, I just have you don't... Have seen Slavoj Zizek's uh, Pervert's Guy at the Cinema? No. No. He, he breaks down... Uh... He's, uh, you know who Slavoj Zizek is? He's like a world-renowned psychoanalyst type philosopher, dude. Um, no, he, he, sorry. He's like a he's 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 a little bit of a say he's a somewhat controversial figure, but in the intellectual right. circles, he's just everyone's super intellectual, so it's less controversial in a way because they're all just thinking things through and thinking things out on a much deeper level. Anyway, he yeah. he talks about he goes through a bunch of different directors. He goes through, and one of the ones one of them he goes through is Lynch, and he talks about. Blue Velvet at length, and it's actually really brilliant. So even if you don't watch the thing, I think you should maybe check mm-hmm. out just that little bit. He breaks down specifically the scene, um, the 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 baby wants to fuck scene, <laughs> where he's hiding it, where he's hiding yeah. in the closet, the, and he breaks down and he that. breaks it down from all three perspectives of of each character that's yes. part of that scene, and it's brilliant. I actually wrote, I actually like transcribed it as he was as I was watching. I paused it. Pulled out my awesome. notes and just started writing everything. I was like, I can send it to you later. It's it's mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah, um, I I funny story. I actually went out to this like random place like thirty minutes away. Bought the Blue Velvet Criterion and watched it that same night. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, because I had to get for like that a was lower your first price. time. Yeah, it was my first time. Um, oh, wow, and like really everything happened. that he's done with Twin Peaks, like the original series, Firewalk with Me, Return, like all, mm-hmm. I love that. Wild at Heart is also really like underrated. Um, I want to see. Um, Lost Highway, Wild at Heart, and yeah, Inland I Empire. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I'm going to watch them all, but like, I'm because my, my local theater is doing a Lynch retrospective in the middle of the year, and they're playing nice. all these movies in theaters. Lucky. But like, at the same time, I don't want to watch them too because I want to savor them and like watch like right, try right, like right. finish his filmography when I'm. But I mean, here. they're playing in theaters. That's too. That's yeah, too good. But to like, pass they're up. playing in theaters. It's too good to pass off. Yeah, you're, 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 yeah. You're so you right. can always I'm rewatch the movies, it. especially for I know. Lynch. Like, his movies are rewatchable. So just watch them. I know, but like I kind of like I love. There's a feeling watching it a first time that like you just can't absolutely, like, and also the feeling like, of unfinished, and you just kind of have more of him to watch, and it's an exciting feeling, even though you obviously yeah. don't want to never see it. Yeah. Want to kind of savor that that unknown but like, kind of. Lynch, Lynch is apparently making a Netflix show, so like I'm not that, that, oh, that yeah, I'm excited about. That. And then um, like so I, I've seen Mulholland Drive in a theater and like in, on 35 millimeter, and it's mm. just that that that's just like something else. Like watching. Yeah. Like, 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 especially like that was like my third time I've seen it. So like watching it in a theater was just like, like beyond amazing. Cause like you just working at everything in your head that you already know. And like, you get something new out of Lynch's stuff every time, which I love. Mm-hmm. But like Firewalk mm-hmm. with me is like definitive masterpiece, like in, in my opinion. And like, it, it really like, 
pisses me off. Is that the movie? People... Yeah, the Twin Peaks movie. Yeah. Um, that's that. That's actually my favorite. From it's like I have it like one place ahead of Blue. But yeah. Yeah, like it's um like like out of his films, it's his masterpiece. But like the Return is. My I just started season two, so that's that's next. Yeah, that's next. Um, okay. Firewalk with me is like a it's a prequel to Twin Peaks. It's like about the last mm. days of Laura Palmer. So Laura Palmer's Laura like Palmer. alive in that. Yeah, but like you know what's gonna happen to her. So right, like, of course. And um. Yeah, it's just, and like it, it's a giant. Like when I don't really want to spoil anything about it, so just go into yeah, it. Please yeah, please don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like you, it, it's all I say is that it, it, it's very shocking. Like it's, it's you want to hear something really interesting. This is a totally to random watch. topic change. Speaking yeah. of spoilers, I have a friend who specifically looks up the plot of the film and the the Wikipedia like and reads through the plot of the film before I watching the film because they're. Yeah, because they say that they're more into seeing how it plays out, kind of plays into sort of anxieties that they have. But but they're able to more appreciate a film in the moment, knowing where it's going. And to me, that's crazy. But I don't know. So apparently, science yeah. backs it up. People do that. I don't really understand it, but people do. That. I've people seen do studies that, that actually like back it up. But to me, it just ruins it. I don't know. I like the surprise. I like the. I don't yeah, know. I, I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> The only time that's acceptable. Anyway, the only time that's acceptable is if you're like reading the book before the movie. Like that's it. Yeah. That, right. Well. That, yeah. That's that's different, I guess. What you do is you read the first two thirds of the book, watch the movie now. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> like, what do you I, think I, about? Anyway, um, yeah. What do you think about book to movie adaptations? Like, what um, do you feel about like directors changing like certain parts from the book? Oh, I think that that's necessary. I think yeah, that absolutely should be done. Like, for example, um, The Revenant, uh, there was yeah. not, the son was just like not in the book, but he was in the movie. So it's well, like I the think movie. It's a little different if you're going to bring in biographies and autobiographies, because then it's not being true. But I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. more referring, I, I, and that, 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 that comes into um, just the sense of whatever. But I, that was not a full sentence, but it doesn't matter. I think that <laughs> in, in terms of, um, uh, kind of cinematizing. I'm blanking out of the words. So I'm using cinematizing uh, fiction. It's absolutely necessary and, and and absolutely should be done 100% of the time. I I completely agree. Um, do, apparently, Doctor Strangelove was based on a book, and so I did some research on that. And Doctor Strangelove wasn't even in the original book. It was like completely made up for the movie. So, <laughs> so like, 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 yeah, why That's not? Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, and the original That's Doctor Strangelove like book isn't even a comedy it's like dark and like serious and like stanley right. kubrick i mean i'm like sure it's a bad. satire in some way no no it's not no it, like it's wow. just like it's just like some guy just like decides to invade like like russia and just like it's like the government go, interesting oh, we're gonna do for the whole book and like yeah that's basically before it. i forget sure just because we were just talking about mulholland drive and on this episode we were also officially talking about the player i think a lot of similarities <laughs> in 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 just parallels and whatever and the themes of those films could be could be drawn in terms of its hollywood and its portrayal of that uh, yeah, definitely um yeah I sorry just think the whole we, we, the very we went, biting we critiques went, uh, different aspects but of, of hollywood <laughs> yeah sorry what we went way off topic from oh yeah way off <laughs> <laughs> just a little but bit this is a good discuss good discussion but anyway kiristami makes some good movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of that guy, he, yeah, he does some. Yeah, he. he I think he yeah. has made some movies. Am I correct with that assumption? 
has he made films? I, I believe that that is at least uh, an arguable point to be made. Partly true? Like just At least. Right, at least. Correct. Something you can definitely interesting. bring up and then have, have make a discussion about, for sure. Oh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> but definitely, definitely uh, check out Close Up uh, soon I'll, if you I'll, get a chance. It's, it's, I want to see that other one, too. Where is my friend's house? Completely. Where is the Which friend's one? house? It's called, like, Where's the Friends House? Oh, yeah, house I want to see that. I want to see, having seen Close Up, I want to see some uh, Mahmoud Bach films. Ooh. Definitely mispronounced that name. Um, <laughs> but that's the filmmaker, that, that Close Up, whatever, you'll see it. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look into that. Um, yeah. Oh, Siegel still hasn't watched Pain Mahmoud and Glory. Bach. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. I still haven't. Stop. He hasn't <laughs> seen, he hasn't seen it's Under the Silver you keep, you keep pestering me about it. What? Under the Silver Lake. You still haven't seen it. Yeah, that's the one you keep asking. You each have a movie you pester me about. Um, I'm I'm definitely gonna see Pain and Glory at some point. Yeah, Pain and Pain. Notice what, I, notice what I didn't yeah. say. Yeah, get wrecked, Graham. There's no. I've, <laughs> I've tried to see it on several occasions. I've gotten about forty minutes in each time. Why? What? Under well, I mean, wait. Under the so under. Why, the why do you stop again? I think you told me. I just don't remember. I did. I mentioned it to you. Um, just different reasons each time. Honestly, one time I I had to go away the, uh, and I just didn't have a phone where I was going. Um, another time I just wasn't <laughs> interested after a certain point. I was picked for a film club. Uh, the the one week I wasn't able to participate. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I I'm sure like I'll see it eventually. I don't know. Yeah. Not so sure, to be honest. <laughs> well, well, there it is. Well, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Graham doesn't get it, but but we, we get it. We're on. The no, I do get it. I'm a oh, deist. Okay. I've, I've seen <laughs> yeah, that yeah, movie's guess, like I guess, that yeah, movie's like number like, twenty one, I think, on my on my list or something. Oh, right, you have seen it. I don't know why I was. Like, yeah, it's a masterpiece. I, hey, I was the one who got Jim to see it. I literally we had this. Oh, thing. really? I remember like, that was one of the first first times we talked. Was uh was you having seen that film? Yeah, yeah. Well, because yeah, you followed me on Instagram, and I was like, "Wait." I followed you on Instagram, Seagull? and then yeah, I'm like, "Wait, is this Seagull and Letterbox?" Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. how I. That's how. That's the same thing. Because we have this group chat with like some people that we like that I know, like uh, in Texas and stuff. But we added like Jim and stuff, and um, mm-hmm. I got like everyone to watch it, and like everybody loves it. So awesome! Yeah. Yeah. Go you, my hero. Rock me, Amadeus. You got that 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 what's it called like that Falco song like just yeah banger absolute banger about Amadeus yeah <laughs> the boob cut necessary necessary watch better <laughs> I, I still I own movie. it's so funny for Christmas someone got me um the direct the the theatrical cut of the film I'm holding it in my hand right, right now I just picked it up I still haven't seen Bro, it <laughs> I've I've seen the director's cut four yeah. times five times four yeah. times I don't even know but yeah Probably. I mean it's oh and they're they're uh, re-releasing it, restoring it, and re-releasing it. Uh, they on the are. Days, but I think it's the dire- I think it's the director's cut still. So no, still I-, I believe they're doing the theatrical cut. I think they're doing yeah, the I-, I heard different reports. I don't know. I didn't look really? it up from any reliable sources. I just heard uh, from people or someone. That wait, it so it's gonna be PG? I don't know. No, I, I heard the director's like cut is the one that's not PG. Director's yeah. cut. No, no, I know, but if it's if it's theatrical, then it's PG. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. weird. Um, also, do you know the yeah, Barry London? Barry Lyndon is PG. Yes, uh, uh, I did whoa, not know that's that. Interesting. Yeah, I got yeah, I, I got that. Poster. I didn't think about it because yeah. you don't think about like PG because you, when you think about PG, you think about films that maybe younger audiences would enjoy. And yeah. right, well, not necessarily, <laughs> but yeah, basically, 
Like you don't think of <laughs> a Kubrick yeah, movie. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me. Like it didn't even the thought didn't cross my mind that it would be the rating. I just was like yeah, whatever. It's an R-rated movie just because I assumed. Yeah, Kubrick. The fact that it's a three-hour period piece. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> Isn't Doctor Strangelove rated G? I'm pretty sure it's that, that makes sense. Actually, yeah. like, there, there are guns some... and there's there's also a lot of sexual innuendo <laughs> in some of the scenes. I think. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah but probably. Got... But I mean, right. it's also in the sixties. They had a much, much different system yeah. then. Probably went yeah. right past. You know, Finding Nemo is the first ever PG film to show blood. Oh, and what Wait. about Batman: Mask of the Phantasm? No, that, 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 there's no way that's true. I don't know. This is what. Wait, Finding Nemo was G. Finding Nemo was G. Seagull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the first the G-rated movie to show. Yeah, blood. The Incredibles was oh, the okay. first. That's, yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, The Incredibles was like the first PG movie that Pixar made. Also a masterpiece, by the way. Yes, so true about that last part. Mm-hmm. Um, should we? Well, they're both the... true. I mean, cause... both true, but the other, the first one is because... a factual statement. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's just an objective truth as opposed to a, a subjective truth. Well, speaking of maybe not. Animated... Okay. <laughs> well, Sorry. Speaking yeah, well... of like anim- speaking of animated movies, have you guys seen like Watership Down and like the um. Plague Dogs. I have not seen either of those. I've only heard Rick, of them. No. <laughs> you should see them because, like, that's what I'm going to show my children because I want to traumatize them. I, like, <laughs> I, I, I fully, I like, I genuinely believe that the only way, like, why, like, the films that I remember most as a child are the ones that, like, kind of scared me and, like, were, like, mature for my age. I, I like, I fully believe that making kids' movies that are, like, brain dead, like, I just, stupid and you're just like you're just like destroying your child like i I, batman mask of the phantasm is fucking dark and i forgot how dark it was when i rewatched it recently and like i I remember like everything from that movie and like of it like except watership down and plague dogs both amazing movies well i I haven't finished watership down yet because it was too traumatizing but i'm going to Mm. um but they're both amazing movies and very very dark and like they're important lessons for like kids that are at least eight years old or older because mm. if you show a four-year-old that film they will like i'm like when i when it. i saw come and see i said that they should show this film in schools all over because yeah it'll traumatize kids but it'll traumatize the entire generation to never ever ever have war yeah yeah <laughs> I, for real. I, I mean it's not a good idea psychologically but it's a good idea for world peace you want a funny story? I watched Come and See the day after I saw Avengers Endgame. Um, that like, is a whiplash out. of an experience. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> wow. So I have a friend who loved that movie, and he was just like trying to get me to watch it, and so we saw Avengers Endgame, we did before. And would you watch Come, Come and See, see again? No. <laughs> I would not. And I have an interesting take on that, is I don't, not only would I never see it again, absolutely never, I would not watch it again. I don't need to watch it again. Every single yeah. moment is just seared into my brain to the point where I, there's no point in watching it again. I absolutely remember it 100% I probably forever. also couldn't watch The Father again. I, I'd, I'd really struggle watching that again to me. I think I, I think I would be able to. I saw uh, it in theaters, so that was cool. That was, I think so it, was the, it was the first. I actually saw The Father twice. You saw it I've twice? Seen it. Oh, yeah. already, and yeah. So you already have an answer to that one, if you would yeah. or wouldn't. Um, <laughs> but I, it was the first film I saw back in theaters in, in a while. So that was nice. yeah. Same with uh, Guillermo. That was the same thing. Guillermo went back and saw in theaters. Cool. Yeah, it was a bad yeah. experience uh, with the theater, but to getting in <laughs> to and from the theater. But the theater mm-hmm. experience itself was nice. Yeah, awesome. 
Um, oh, another movie that you should look at for in 2020, Supernova, amazing movie that more people should see. Um, please watch that movie. I saw it again in theaters. I watched like a screener Ooh. copy and then I watched it again. It's uh, in theaters. It's just it's just titanically good. And like, I don't think people are going to like appreciate it, but like people should see it, I think. Yeah, I haven't seen see much it. hype about it. Yeah. Is it, is it widely released? Is it accessible? Yeah, you could, you could, it's on VOD for you guys. Yeah. Oh, cool. Like it didn't get much hype, but like people should see it. It's a great right. Movie. No, I remember. I remember there were trailers for it, and there was interest in it. And then I just didn't see much marketing once it was released. I didn't even know it was released till you logged it. Yeah. It, yeah. It just, just yeah. Like I think I'm like, like bringing some hype. I think it. that I'm gonna see if I if I end up seeing one of your acts, it'll be Pain and Glory, not Supernova first though. No, no, no. I see Pain and Glory. That's like a, that's like <laughs> my favorite movie. I am a big Amadover fan. I love I love this. Movie, so I'll definitely. Well, well, like Pain and Glory, it's just like his life and his struggles and everything like yeah. that. Yeah, it's like and his. Like, but like it, it, it's very universal. He's eight and a half, but yeah, but like uh, not but as like, like metaphorical. Yeah, <laughs> like I I didn't like eight and a half for a very long time. I know you recently came all the way around. I didn't. I was shocked. I was like, I was watching a different movie. To be honest. <laughs> like I have changed a lot in a year and a half since I watched it. Mm-hmm. Oh, a year and a half, get it? Uh, it's, it's meta, you see? Uh, anyway. The half. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's meta that it's anyway. meta, because it's eight and a half. Yeah, mm. yeah. But, um, like, because, like, I've had, like, troubles, like, making my own movies and, like, interference from, like, school and stuff like that. So, like, I felt his struggle, like, really. Like, I actually, like, felt mm. that shit. And, like, and, like, so, like, I don't know why. It really hit me hard, like, the sec- yeah, on that. Yeah, that's awesome. On that. Secondary. I said but, that um, it's, uh, it's Scorsese's favorite film, and I said after I saw it that if you are either if you're not either Italian or a filmmaker, I don't really see being. You'd uh, never like it. Yeah. You, right. Uh, like. And I guess yeah. <laughs> oh shoot! Scorsese's yeah, I remember your review for Eight and a Half. Yeah. You like slandered the crap yeah. out of it. You did I didn't not like slam it. I was just like, I just the worst experience when you're so excited for a film and then it just does nothing for you. I've seen yeah, La Dolce Vita, so I might like Eight and a Half. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I'm i not even going to lie. Eight and a half put me off Fellini so hard. I tried to watch Armor Chord and ended up yeah. watching a Pasolini film instead. <laughs> that's how much, like... <laughs> Siegel, that's exactly my experience with watching it. Like, I was so excited to watch it. Like, because, like, it was Scorsese's favorite. It was everyone's favorite. Yeah, like, oh, I mean, yeah. it's eight and a half. Gonna, Everyone... Uh, it's eight and a half. one of the greatest. Know? And it's a meta film, surrealist film about filmmaking. Oh, I mean, it's... Yeah. Everything about it sounds like it's... And, and then I just... It was. It just didn't do anything for me. And it's so watch, disappointing. Like then, I feel like like you need to be like like I I thought to myself like after I watched it like I didn't log it or say anything about it because like I just didn't mm-hmm. know what to say. But then I feel like right. you need to be at a certain place and have a certain experience to, like actually understand yeah. like the movie. And I felt like oh, when I'm older, I'm gonna rewatch this and totally love it. That's like that's exactly what and I said. You were right. You're like a prophet. It. And I was right. And my grandmother hated it. <laughs> I watched it with my grandmother. <laughs> she hated it. Tell her to watch well, it again she, in a year and a half. She's Italian, right? And she um and she oh. like, she likes Fellini, right? And so she like mm-hmm. never saw eight and a half. This shit. <laughs> tell her tell her to watch it again in a year and a half. Yeah, in a year and a half. <laughs> After you've made some <laughs> Uh, should we give uh, ratings for Taste of Cherry? Because we probably should do that. Sure. I haven't rated it yet. I haven't logged it. I'm waiting to log it neither, so that I can neither, hype neither up this podcast. Um, I am going to... Mm, I'm between an 8 and a 9. Uh-huh. It's really yeah, good. Back to Taste of Cherry. Sorry for 
getting yeah. back into my mindset. <laughs> no, that, that was good. That, that, that's usually how our podcast. Yeah, yeah we we kind of go off on tangents a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's um, all about. Yeah, facts. What's your rating, Graham? What do you give us? Uh, four stars. Oh, it's joining. Taste of Cherry is joining. Pain and Glory, Doctor Strange Love. Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, Amadeus, and Sunset Boulevard as one of the seven films I would give the coveted 11 out of 10 rating to. Wow. So, so yeah. Wow, nice. wow, wow. It gets that, it gets that rating. So, yeah. I love that. I'm now That's I'm even more curious about your, your, you seeing Close Up. I am very Yeah, it's up. probably going to join that 11 out very of 10 Very different. The, the reason that the crisp cinematography that I mentioned earlier was so surprising to me is because Close Up is shot in a completely different manner, and it's also yeah. sort of a pseudo-documentary kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's yeah, I, 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 documentary I reenactment and drama. Yeah, it's, it, yeah but I I'm, I'm, now I know. Oh, my goodness. Now, I, now I'm so interested in these things. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is um, very eight, exciting to hear. Eight and a half is the closest form I, I would give an 11 out of 10. But it's just not that. Really? Yeah. That's the number it's one... Not, that's like that's like my seven. Like I've got six so far in my top thirty that I'd give a, a like a given eleven mm-hmm. out of ten, and then like eight and a half is just off there. And then there's like before I guess, the circle. I guess if I were to say that I had like films to give an eleven out of ten, it would only be The Master and Ratatouille. What about Amadeus, bro? Fuck yes. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I just yeah no Amadeus would definitely be up there. I think Mulholland Drive would also be close. I just mm-hmm. I don't know how how yeah I think yeah I guess those those two maybe those four. See, you were um, so yeah. based to that like the Master Red who are like some of my favorite. Movies. Yeah, the Master. <laughs> so yeah, no good. the the Master in in a lot of ways is is incredibly personal to me also. So yeah, the Master that movie. I mean, I was just like honestly like my expectations. It was you know it was a PTA movie, but like my expectations yeah, weren't yeah. super high because my friends were just like. It's boring. Um, it's not. Yeah, like, it's it's yeah. good. It's definitely not. It's not it's the best. PTA. Maybe even his least accessible oh, film. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But people people were saying that. And I was like, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna watch this movie. It's not gonna. You know, uh-huh. I'm like, I was blown the fuck away. I was like, blown. This movie it's, I mean, every moment is. Although, in its entire although I will it's, say, oh Punch Drunk Love is my favorite PTA, but the Master. Yeah. Is second. So it's yeah. so funny that we we have the same top two because I I Punch Drunk Love was my favorite for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and same. then the Master was was a solid number two for for as long as that. Um, but just slowly the Master just kind of overtook it, and then I realized that the Master is actually my favorite movie ever. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. And yeah. like. Yeah. The Punch Drunk Love, but like, Punch Drunk Love is for sure also in my top yeah. five or ten. Like my actual top four, I don't have like I want to like for a while. Synecdoche, New York, and Punch Drunk Love were like right next to each other. My favorite movie, and they still are basically. But like Mishima and Wally have both joined that list to where those four mm-hmm. movies are like equally like my favorites. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I would just like those are my favorite movies. And then The Revenant is like yeah. number five, and then number six is nice. You like uh, I just forgot. Number six is Ratatouille. You like the Revenant more than Birdman. Yeah, slightly. That's, Birdman's in my top. I mean, wow, wow. Yeah, it's a hot take. I, I have a lot yeah, of. Hot for, takes, yeah, no, I forgot how much you love Inuritu. Wow. I remember this from your list, and then I just yeah, Inuritu. Also, Amongst Pharaohs. I gave it four and a half. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Uh, then I gave I gave it a five whenever I changed my like my rating system. Nice. It is. Yeah, he's he's an incredible filmmaker. Amongst Pharaohs is very different though from Graham, like, Birdman. Did my yeah, it's I heard it's more um. Uh, grimy what's like, the word that's how i would say it like yeah it's gritty. more it's more yeah but it's more uh kind of bunch of 
stories together more than it is one single. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, like that. Yeah. I, I was right. thinking, blanking, like just blanking out on so style. many words this podcast, but you got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Great. Did, did my review? Did, did my review for the monster kind of sway you to watch it a bit? Because like I gave it five stars before you. you oh, it. I don't remember. I just like watch it because of PTA. I think. Uh, yeah. Okay. I but think, like, yeah. You know, I, th- I mean, think the master was my first PTA. Really, oh, really? it was one of my last. Which is weird, ones. and it's also before it was. I also saw it before I really got into film, and I was just kind of watching movies because I like movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. just, it wasn't the film at all that got me into film. I would actually credit that to Good Time, probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Good Time. Um, and, and I mean uh, several films, Parasite. Obviously, I'm I'm not I'm not particularly original, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. but. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, the master. I saw it before I even understood film as an art form in a way, as pretentious as that sounds. And I really, mm-hmm. it stuck with me even then. Before I even like, I most people, I, I don't even know how I was able to handle it. I think any other film of that sort would have bored me to tears. But there was just something about it. And I think it's the fact that it's, there's a lot of it so personal to me, but just so much of it just just hit me, and it's it's just I'm I'm in tears, not of sadness, just of the intensity of the emotion, just tears from the entire from the entire yeah. season, whatever you want to call it just absolute just broken down and it's not even it's just so much intense emotion it's not even one emotion you know so i couldn't i wouldn't be able to say this i'm sad right now or i'm it's just so much and it's all just i can't handle it inside so it just poof, out of my eyes <laughs> yeah plus the the cinematography like the visuals the like oh the overhead goodness. lighting is just like yeah, and yeah then, i would put it that's yeah. one of my one of the best looking movies like top five best looking yeah movies. i mean just the shot of like behind the boat, the waves about how it gets mm-hmm. darker as it goes out, and just the shapes of each. Oh, it's just the smallest. It's just oh my god. When he's on the beach, <laughs> I, I love, love it. I so love when much. he's on the beach. It's, it's oh it's yes, it's just it's so gorgeous. Yeah, it's you. I mean, it's an amazing movie. <laughs> Wait, what do you think about Children of Men sequel? I adore Children. My, my, it's my yeah. favorite uh, Quaron. Yeah, for sure. agreed. Easily, um, it's not yeah, even the, the framing. The framing in that film is just is best, like most well directed, directed action like I've seen. Oh yeah, and it's that, in my it top has, ten. I think as well. I think it has the greatest jump scare in film ever. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, which one would that right? be? The, near the beginning, to? where he's just kind of whatever, and then by the mailbox. Oh, and oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah, the greatest that was jump great. scare ever. That was uh, great. Yeah, I I like that one too, but at the same time, the Wendell Holland Drive is also like top tear for me too like the one with the old yeah behind yeah the, behind the the winkies were that's skull. less of a jump scare i wouldn't classify that as a jump scare so much i was i mean like, it I, literally I, is a jump scare in the most literal sense yeah but but i think it's I it's, it's, it's kind of it's a known you're not surprised by it are you were you i don't know no, you're not surprised by it, but like you know it's coming, and it's like the suspense that gets built up out of nothing. Right, like, yeah, it's more about it's, the suspense of the build up to it than the jump real, itself. Children like, of Men it, is the opposite, almost where there is no build up to it, and it just boom. yeah, yeah, they're almost it inverse. Yeah, I would say yeah, that's a good point. Like the oh, Emmanuel Lebesky is easily my favorite cinematographer yes. ever, and like oh my god, The Revenant and Children of Men, even Birdman, like yeah. it is. Oh, Itu Mama Tambien. Oh, I, I think his his work in the Birdman is, or sorry, his work on the Revenant is probably my favorite. But I think Children is is like a close second. But man, I mean, I love like, them so much. It it's weird that I can say like I don't really have a favorite cinematographer. Like like as much as like I have everything else, like, I don't really have a favorite cinematographer. Like, really, to be honest. Um, like, I don't know how I to like pronounce his name. Mihai Malamer Jr. Whatever. Yeah, I know. Oh, the the master yeah. cinematographer. He yeah. did the master. He did, but I, I mean, 
the 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 reason I'm, I'm I'm somewhat hesitant to give him credit for the master, not like super hesitant. It's it's amazing, but because PTA after the Phantom Thread didn't have a cinematographer and it still looks amazing, and it just kind of feels like with Robert Yeoman and Wes Anderson, where you just kind of know the cinematographer is obviously doing a lot, but it's 100% Wes Anderson's like framing yeah. and it's his vision and everything. Yeah. So you're not really crediting the cinematographer as much for carrying that out because it's so clearly such a such a clear vision from the director. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Wes Anderson's also one of the ones that I'm like really hesitant to finish because I just love his style. They're just so um, which one? Well, have you seen? No, which I one think I got I two think, more. Okay, which I think you one? need to finish his filmography. I've had his filmography finished for like over a year now. They're but they're extremely yeah, rewatchable. Like it doesn't like, matter yeah, that you so finish them; they're very yeah. rewatchable. Well, like Graham, like to me, like my example for that is like Tarantino. Like I've watched all of his movies, right? And I watched them like all really fast, like in the build up to once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. I did the exact same. And, then, and I didn't. And I've, then, I've only rewatched. I, I've only rewatched two of them. I've rewatched Pulp Fiction and Inglorious Bastards, but this was a long ass time. Yeah. And like, but also, I think, but the thing is, I think just like, it's fine. Yeah, I think it's fine to binge Tarantino and then kind of grow out of him. And when you return to him, you're like, yeah, no, I didn't really grow out of him. I'm just. You can rewatch, and it, you're. I I rewatched Kill Bill Volume Two recently. And I was blown away. I was like, "Wow! I didn't think yeah, I was to love Tarantino this much." And it's it's still so good. He's yeah, he's really, I, he's I, really I, I have, gets a lot I, of hate in the film communities for no reason. For just being he's a so, good filmmaker, so mainstream and film broy, and he's really good. Um, he, like, but yeah, you, I don't think it's a problem movies, to sort of yeah. quote unquote grow out of him in that sense because it's yeah. not the kind of thing you necessarily need to savor as much as it kind of helps yeah, you get into. It, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't everyone had their tarantino like stage or whatever and i like yeah I, love, exactly. I still think his movies was, are like incredible yeah. like a, like, yeah, most I had of them. A like everyone i had a tarantino fincher and then like edgar movies. wright face you know yeah and they're still they're still great filmmakers you know oh absolutely yeah. i love them all so much but yeah. i would not put either of those three in my top 10 or maybe even 15 yeah. directors yeah i would so not put them I, in, I, in my top 10 i actually top 20 yes a... though Probably I never had a Tarant, yeah. David Fincher phase. Yeah, yeah. Like I never had one. Like I never really have you seen all the films? Fincher. No. Like I have seen I all like, of them except for Alien Three. Like I haven't. Like I watched Mank and like The Social Network and like Gone Girl and I think that's it. Like mm. oh, I've seen wow. I've seen that plus Zodiac and Fight Club. Oh, oh I've I've seen seven. seven. Neither of you have seen seven. I've seen seven. No, not seven. I've not seen seven. I've seen six of his movies. I think. Uh, six of his movies, but not seven. That's really funny. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of good. <laughs> seven is the most popular movie on my watch list that I haven't seen. Oh, you know what mine is? Mine's Blade Runner 2049. Bruh. Yeah, sense. Gotta, gotta <laughs> check that one out, buddy. Yeah, and my and actually also, yeah, this is gonna... I haven't seen the Godfather movies. Oh, that's like that's pretty normal. Like I know Saturday. a bunch of people that haven't seen them. Yeah, like, and I think that uh, a big reason I haven't seen them is is because of the eight and a half thing, where I'm just scared that it won't live up to all that hype and all that. And it's just you know what I'm oh, saying. Oh, they're really good. My dad, they're my really dad good. forced me to watch them all, and they're all amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. First one's the best. Don't listen to people that say the second one's the best. Yeah, same, same. People that say the second one. Most best. people say that. Yeah, I know. I don't understand why the first one. The first one has a higher average on Letterboxd. The first one is one of only three films that have a four point six. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. The second one has a four point five. It's basically garbage. Yeah, it's just it's, yeah. Dark <laughs> Imagine like the Godfather too. <laughs> um, but going back to the Tarantino thing, like yeah, I, yeah. I have to study Inglorious Bastards for school this year. So like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna probably 
have to, I'm going to have to watch Inglourious Bastards, obviously, but like, I never really grew out of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like that, that's just like, I love that movie a lot. Once Upon and a like, Time in Hollywood, I think is my uh, least favorite Tarantino. Yeah. Like you, you, you don't I think that my I problem like it because... with it is, is what kind of outweighs the film's merits in, in a huge sense. And that I think it's problematic that it sort of romanticizes not just Polanski, but the period that allowed Polanski and, and embraced Polanski. You're and right. That's the point of showing Polanski. And I really have a problem with that. That, that he sort you're of right. misses this era like, of Hollywood where people can get away with that sort of thing. You're, and you're I like, love single. watching the film is really fun, but it just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Like, I don't really blame you for that, like, at, at, uh, at all. I think it's, like, a really understandable, like, opinion to have. But, like, to be honest, I just think it's, like, a filmmaker just doing, like, everything. Like, oh, absolutely. And, like, I, and, and I just, love like, that Tarantino has his vision and is able to just do whatever he wants at this point and he's still but, not getting lost in it he's just doing, yeah. making great films yeah. but and in, in the me. most main he i think he's the most <laughs> mainstream doing that besides maybe nolan yeah like but i'd say but it obsessed me that more people credit uh once upon a time in hollywood for being a love letter to the 60s and the bad times at the El real which came out a year before and is <laughs> so like yeah, yeah. So like whatever, but like <laughs> back to that. Yeah. Oh. Back to that. <laughs> but anyways, um, uh, we, we we somehow have to do net Rex for next podcast. Um, and Graham, mm. it's your turn for the Rex because I did this week's and Kira did the week before, so it, it's Ooh. your turn this week. Shout out, shout out to you for picking the player, by the way. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I have to do and taste of cherry. Like that's like, very excited. I got to rewatch it. I, I love that film. Yeah. So and yeah, taste of cherry, really amazing. Should I do ones that like we've already seen? Like, uh, like it'd be cool to do new ones, or maybe the most, like, ones that like I've seen that I kind of want to talk yeah. about. I don't know. They're just like movies that, yeah, just like just, for just, example, I've been watching a bunch of like animated movies recently, like rewatching a bunch of movies like Pixar. Like, if we could do an entire podcast where we just talk about Pixar, I'd have a field day. Like, are we are we Pixar or Ghibli over here? A Pixar, dude. Come on now. Team if you think Ghibli. I've just seen huh? two Ghibli movies, so I don't know. Oh, okay, I've seen yeah. one Ghibli I'm definitely, movie. I'm definitely Team Pixar without, without any yeah, like, dude, questions. Absolutely all the way. No, no way. Okay, I've seen one Ghibli, but there's no way. Like, peak You've Pixar? only seen one. Which one have you seen? Spirited Away. And I think it's like okay, four stars. I don't just say, not to be rude, neither of you have a say in this. You've seen one and two, respectively. No, but, but uh, literally, <laughs> the Pixar movies, yeah, no, they no, make no, masterpieces. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I just love I mean, I mean, I mean between huge. Ratatouille, Incredibles, Cars 2, Monsters Inc., yeah, Soul, amazing. I literally stuff. have, uh, and like, <laughs> I, I have two Pixar movies in my top 10. Like, I'm sorry, but no Ghibli movie is going to make it in my top 10. It's just not going to yeah. happen. I, and I a lot of what Pixar does uh, stems from how it affected me as a child and how it affects me now. And Absolutely. I, I, like that personal connection to it. I like want to agree with you there, except how, Soul is my all-time favorite, uh, fourth favorite Pixar. So, and that came out yeah, like it's, last it's year. Not, recently. Not for me. But like, not you. That's... Not for you. No, I know. So what I'm saying, I mostly agree. Like, I definitely think the reason I love uh, Ratatouille to the extent I do, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't love it otherwise, and it's absolutely what my favorite, definitely my second or third favorite film of all time, if not my first, besides for maybe The Master. Um, but I think that a huge part of that, besides for it being definitely, undeniably, I mean, someone can deny it, but they're wrong. <laughs> a, master, a masterpiece is that is that it did have an effect on me as a child, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, um, like up, like I liked a lot more as a kid, but Ratatouille, I liked a lot more as a 16 year old, you know? 
Uh, right. Like those when I was, so, for me. So when I was a kid, my favorites were Incredibles and then Ratatouille, and now it's Ratatouille and then Incredibles. They're still my top two, though. Mine um, were mine was Wally and Up, and now it's Wally and Ratatouille and Incredibles. Yeah. Like um for me, I you grew up I, to be more base than you were as a kid. Yes, I was not as base. <laughs> like I I didn't grow up on Pixar really. Like I grew up on like um. Mm. Batman the Animated Series and like um mm. Star Wars and like really nothing else. I did, mm. and, but except for Wally, Wally I watched like six times like in a theater apparently Sick, when yeah. I was six years old. Oh wow! So like I apparently loved it when I was six. Six? Was, <laughs> oh six, yeah. You, in yeah, two thousand and eight, yeah. when I when I when yeah, I, when I, I forgot you're out. you're like older than me. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry, uh, Seagull. Actually, Wally was the first movie in a theater I ever remember watching, or even like movie watching in in like in general. Oh, like wow. I for my birthday when I was like mm-hmm. four, I literally watched that movie in theaters, that's and I remember really it. Like my cool. cousins were there and stuff, and like that's really I just have vague memories of like the ending and stuff. Yeah, nice. am I really am awesome. I two years older than you? There's no way I'm two years older. No, I, I I'm I'm uh I turned seventeen in um June. Okay, yeah, so you're you're, oh. you're younger than me. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, like, but you were probably like, just like yeah, I don't know. No, I was five then. I wasn't six. Yeah, yeah I was you're five. five. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. five. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, because six is when wow. I watched. L- lying to your listeners. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, 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 I did a um M Night Shyamalan on you all. Oh no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, plot twist. Uh... Oh Anyways, no, we're not gonna us. talk about it. Yeah, we're not gonna mention it. But um, I, when I, because I, I, I remember that I was five and not six, because six is when I, I got into um, um, when the prequel hating phase of my life. That's right. I remember mm. that. I was the most base six-year-old you could ever imagine. I hate the prequels. Like, <laughs> I, I literally, that's a movie, those are movies that like, nostalgia just doesn't affect me. Like, there are some movies that nostalgia Yeah, I'm with you there. I saw, like, I saw Star Wars as a kid and nostalgia, no, no. It, d- it does nothing for me. No, Star, it's no. weird because I watched the entire original, for, for me, they're not oh, I agree. Like, they're I like, agree. all of them are about like four mm-hmm. stars. Like, and which I think they're like great movies, but like yeah. like with Pixar, they're like masterpieces yeah. to me. Yeah. To me, they're masterpieces. And that nostalgia. The original trilogy, I I love. Like I love all of them. When I was six, I hated the prequels, so, so I still hate the prequels now. So like, it doesn't mm-hmm. really like change much. Like I, like people have stupid dumbass like nostalgia for like yeah. Episode Two. Oh my god! And I'm just like, oh, and one, and, and one, one is yeah. And one. And one of my like, least favorite movies. I have. I watched. Episode this is just one the theaters. craziest thing in the I world. But that. I have a friend who who. Her favorite movie is Attack of the Clones, oh and she basically doesn't like any other movie. Oh, weird. No, like, I, I don't know how to explain it. I'm pretty, I, I don't know, like, I don't know her in real life, but uh, it's through Letterboxd, and then we, we talked a little bit. I mean, her rating scale without, she doesn't use halves, is straight down, it's downhill. The most is ones, and after that, the most is two, and then three, and then four. It's just straight down. I don't understand, just... I don't know, dude. If you, <laughs> if that's how you rate movies, just movies. like, yeah, don't watch movies. Like they're not yeah, for you, but like, like and, then, and then, but, but also, but uh, but with all that, her favorite movie is Attack of the Clones. Like, I can't tell if she's just trolling. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Attack of the Clones. I like. She's written a twelve thousand word essay on Attack of the Clones. It's the one movie that I remember falling asleep in in the theaters when I was seven. Like, I watched I was Phantom Menace in theaters, and when it got re released in three D, I went to see that in a movie theater, and I fell asleep. I remember that, and my mom had to. I like pick me up and take me home, <laughs> and I was like, "It's over." <laughs> like, no. But um, yeah, <laughs> the, like those movies. Uh, the Clone Wars TV show I feel a bit nostalgic for, but like I still think it's some of it's pretty bad. And like I hate when people like talk about 
uh, Revenge of the Sith as if it's like Macbeth or something like that. Like it's a poetic mm. masterpiece in which yeah, a man's no. humanity is driven down the middle. And I'm like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> like these people have seen like so little films that like they just like, yeah. think yeah. that that's what a like a, a movie is. But like, mm-hmm. I guess not. People are um, so emotional watching Avengers and it's like, watch a movie. WandaVision. I, I knew WandaVision. I predicted the ending of WandaVision on episode two of the podcast before it was even out. So get get wrecked, Marvel fans. I knew exactly <laughs> what it would be. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, I was not so that. It was really, really disappointing. That, that, that show sucked. I'm not watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, I'm not watching anything like anymore. Like, I just, like, as of I now, I would give it a high rating than WandaVision. Like, four episodes in. I think episode two. I think I really vibed with the most. Um, I don't know. Episode two and three, four. Um, I think everyone was like, "Oh, it was amazing." I think it was good. I don't know. Two and three, um, I think were better because I think two and three both introduced John Walker and Zemo, and it was really good. I don't know. Number, I don't know. Four was good. I, yeah, that's it. Now that um, Black Widow is coming to Disney Plus, uh, I'm definitely gonna pirate it and I'm definitely gonna watch it with Tamir, my, one <laughs> yeah. of my friends. I, I wasn't going to watch it in theaters. I wasn't going to watch it. I'm still not going to watch it. I don't know. <laughs> no well, I'm going to, well, now because, because of the Russian accents, Seagull, you should hear how bad they are. We got to, we you just got to mm. make fun of them the whole time. That, that, that's like, that's like why we like watch these movies. It's why we watch <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I can't handle it. Make fun of, of, uh, of, of, of really I'm just so accents. bored by it. I, I can't, I don't know. You've gotten fat. <laughs> 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 That's uh, Black Widow. Anyways, um, yeah, boring. What a boring movie. Watch Twin Peaks instead, guys, instead of watching Black Widow. I'm, I'm up to season two. I'm very excited. Yeah. Anyways, um, so what are the racks for next week? I'm, I don't, that? like, I don't know. Like, I'm bad at that. Like, I, I, I can't think of, like, something. Mm. The Master. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I don't know if we. I want to pick something that we've already seen. No, no, I know. I know. Oh, <laughs> what about what about the new Mortal Kombat movie? <laughs> oh God! I was. I remember I saw nobody in theaters, and they played that trailer beforehand, and I was like, "What? What is this? What is this?" Do you, you not vibe with Mortal Kombat? Do you not vibe with? Mortal I have Kombat? never it's... seen any of them, but it looked it looked uh, very okay. It's. It's such a vibe. The games are like I love the games, right? And they just—I've so, never gamed. I've never so, gamed. I, neither do I. I don't game, but I—I I like I don't game, but I like Mortal Kombat. That's just like the only game. No, like I—not like, that I—I I wouldn't game. I've never done it, so I just kind of yeah. feel like whatever. I'm not gonna Mortal, get into it now. Like, I just—I like, don't know. <laughs> Mortal Kombat's just a vibe. Like you just like you just like sit there and you just like watch people like brutally murder each other, and it's just like oh, this is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is the, like, is the like, is the upcoming one rated R? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, cool. And just, that like, is cool, at least. It's just, like, it just fucking cool, guys. It's just, like, in, in the trailer, like, Sub-Zero just stabs Scorpion. His blood is spewing everywhere. He just turns it into an ice, like, uh, like a like a spear and just stabs him through it. Uh-huh. And just, like, with his own blood. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's in the yeah. trailer. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to yeah, watch that. Yeah, I remember <laughs> seeing that. I actually thought that moment was pretty cool. Like, oh, you've sold me. I'm going to watch it in IMAX. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I can't believe I saw Godzilla vs. Kong in IMAX. Oh, I haven't seen it. I want to see it so I was bad. Sold on the hype. It is. It was a huge letdown. I want to see it so bad. I don't give a shit. Fuck it. No, no, no. I don't. Don't. Yeah. The hype is. The hype is so much fun. And then I. I not. Not to bring down your hype. It's worth it. It's worth seeing it just to be hyped about it until you see it. 
but I don't think it will meet any of that hype. Yeah, <laughs> I just want it for the fights, you know. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, for sure. That's that's um, why I'm watching Mortal Kombat just for the fights. <laughs> I think I have the oh, Rex. Really, I think I have the Rex. You not be a really, yeah. a really weird wreck. Like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or some shit. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Even weirder would be like the 2006 one, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm. Uh, I, I, or I, both, I, and you could com- have a whole podcast comparing them. I, I, on my YouTube recommendations, it came up with that like really weird scene where like they're underneath a tunnel and like it's super dark. Uh huh. And I remember watching that as a child, and I was like, "Oh fuck, that was like terrifying. Why is that yeah. in the film?" I <laughs> There's a famous thing about how crazy that scene is, is that they lose Augustus Gloop, I think his name is, right before yeah. that scene, and then they go onto the boat, and there's no and there's no scene. That... Yeah, there's no It's NPC crazy! Scene. This guy's a... Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> um, Jim, I was thinking we could watch um, Signs 2002. I heard that was, like, really good. You even yeah. think about it! <laughs> <laughs> Chris Stuckman loves that movie. You might as well... Yeah. You know what? I would actually listen intently and share your podcast all over if you did a comparison between signs and god's not dead just a full analysis uh-huh. god's not dead <laughs> they're the same exact don't even get me started don't even okay. don't even try uh, the, the thing real alien about... invasion is atheism yeah <laughs> is it actually like a christian movie it's okay the plot the most basic uh whatever is that the guy, it starts off, this guy is disenfranchised by religion. He was a pastor. He was a priest. He's known as father in the community. Um, and he, his wife, well, it's sort of a spoiler, but his wife dies in a car accident. You find out later. And that's why he's sort of not into religion. And then these aliens invade. And it's a whole conflict between if you're a believer, then you have less to be afraid of because this is not all you have. Um, and then the aliens come. And it's, a, it, I mean, and then in the end, he, he, he ends up obviously being... Going back to the church. That's that's the basic. Uh, cringe. Don't even try to get me started right now. I'm gonna go on such a fat rant. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, honestly, though, like, it, I can't. It's it's hard for me to pick out Rex. Like, um, I don't know. David Lynch cooks quinoa. <laughs> mm, yes. Yeah. What if we actually did the Lynch film? I feel like yeah, that would should. be. That'd be cool. Should we? You've done Blue Velvet, right? Yeah, done Blue Velvet. But um, should we do a do fire walk with me? Oh uh, well, when's Guillermo? Guillermo is not going to finish Twin Peaks for a while, so like, I don't. Know. What's he up to? Uh, season two somewhere in there. Cool. Um, I'll catch up to him soon. Yeah, Seagull. Like, um, Seagull, yeah. what are your thoughts on um? Oh shoot! Wait, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, come back to me. I. Just gonna ask something. Oh, oh no! It's just a Q and A. Oh shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. What are your thoughts? Two thousand, whenever the year it fucking came out. Yeah. What, what, what are my thoughts on what? Drive. The one. What are I your thoughts on Drive? Drive? I think that Drive is better oh as God. a culmination of reference filmography up to that point than as a standalone film. Mm, I'm not a huge fan of it. Jim, have you seen it? Have you seen the Pusher trilogy? Of course, I've seen no. Drive. Yeah. yeah, but do you have like you, it? I mean, what, 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 have you do seen? Like when you say you're not a fan of it, you mean you're not a fan of Drive, or you're not a fan of reference earlier from Office? No, I've only seen Drive, and I'm not a huge fan of it. Like, I don't. Just... Oh, okay. No, yeah, I wrote, I wrote a whole analysis on on how how his whole filmography leads up to Drive in terms of his. He likes to mm. deal with morality 
if you take out um, morality from the equation, not not immorality, but amorality. And then he, he explores humanity within that kind of thing. And Drive seems to be a sort of culmination of that. And it's it's I think it's brilliant. I think that Brawl and Cell Block 99 does a better job with like morality. Drive is um, like... Brawl and Cell Block 99 does. Yeah, I suppose that's another amoral film in terms of honor. The honor honor is the only thing that really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do. I do love that film for sure. I don't. Like, I don't understand fully why you're comparing them, though. <laughs> well, because you just talked about morality, and I've just watched Cell Block, and I thought about that because that's like oh, pretty oh much yeah, what yeah, that yeah, movie no. was about. Right. Well, right for sure. There's a lot of of amorality in there, and it's just all justified in terms of because of the humanity aspect yeah. to it, and it kind of separates humanity and morality. No, I do like that for sure. That's a good point. Well, um, if, if, if I think if that was about... similar, actually, kind of what I wrote also for that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I think just. As a whole, I don't know. I really like the vibes of, of Drive for sure, and yeah, they, they are they are similar thematically. So yeah, I, really, I actually really like that point. Wow. <laughs> if, if you um, think about a movie to compare Drive to, I mean, um, the obvious out. one is the better Drive, which is just the 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 actual like the, the samurai is just like like I don't know like that that's just like. Talk about like getting like blown away by a movie you knew nothing yeah, about. Yeah, I like Drive. Was like, was like, was like dumbass me. Just like, like, like my, like one of my friends. Just like this movie's pretty cool, and I was just like, okay. And I was just like, I just like was like lying in bed, and I just like pressed play on this random movie, <laughs> and then like, like the opening shots, just like him sitting in like bed, yeah. and I didn't even know, I didn't even know he was in the frame until he stood up at the end. I didn't even see it. Oh, nice. And, like, that just like that to me was like the moment I was like, oh, fuck, right. what the hell is this? And like, yeah, just like the whole film was kind of like an experience to me. And I have watched it, of course, like several times since. I mean, like the it, that's just kind of and like Drive. Like I watched it right. It, it's it's very similar vibe to Le Samurai, I guess. Like, and it's got like um, yeah, it's got and like the you, see, you saw Drive before or after Le Samurai? No, I saw Drive before Le Samurai. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a very meditative kind of slow burner with like some like bits of violence like throughout it. Like a character is like kind of more defined by his morality than like by his like like then like finding humanity through love and stuff like that. But like mm-hmm. Drive kind of seems hollow to me. It seems really perfect. like I don't know just to me like you can like any of them so better. You, like I'm not I, gonna, I, I agree with like, that. I'm not gonna like be like. Like, not gonna say like Drive's not a good movie because, like, I still think it's a really good movie. Like, I still like it. And mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan's really good in it. Um, Queen Carrie Mulligan. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, if you like it more than Le Samurai, like, I'm not gonna get mad at you because, like, you can like movies more. <laughs> like, people like assume that I'm gonna like murder you. No, oh, not so not seriously, obviously. <laughs> no, but like, people like but, yeah. the, genuinely, people like think I'm gonna get mad. I'm like, not, I'm not gonna get mad like at you you're just a generally <laughs> angry individual i think is people's assumption yes. of you why because i'm australian <laughs> no 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah i agree with what you said though i feel like drive is kind of like soulless honestly i didn't really feel anything when he was like well, i just didn't like, feel anything yeah. throughout the movie yeah okay well, that, that's that's yeah. that's why i didn't like, like I it honestly it, i don't think it's soulless i just think like it felt hollow like i think it's got like passion behind it like to me like i like oh yeah i mean the visual style was cool i just i don't know but like yeah just didn't really think i really i really like the exploration of that being on the verge of 
morality and immorality that comes as a, as a culmination of almost mm-hmm. sh- the shattering of amorality that had come before in in reference career meaning it's no longer that amorality is not available anymore because we're not in we're in a system of almost highly governed a highly governed state of being sort of in 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 this whole so, so drive apologize so but it's just in yeah in other words we live in a society right that, that's what you're yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, right, but but it's his first film where the system and the society is is ordered and governed. His pusher is is about a completely ruthless, reckless, ungoverned, un everything uh, situation, and then you have the people in it just trying to mm-hmm. not even save their humanity, but just trying to stay alive through it and, and and persevere, and and what that causes. And then you have Bronson, which is just just almost. Uh, a complete abandonment of morality not even just just morality exists he's in prison literally but he's a character who has no sense of morality and no, not even really a sense of self just the sense of, of 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 impulse and his impulse is violent and then you come to drive and you're suddenly thrust into with all these ideas but you're thrust into a system that's that's so ordered and so i get i don't know so ordered is the best way to put it and then you have this whole all these ideas coming to head and i just i love that being on the verge of all that uh, and in between that moral, immoral, and then you're at a system that's so almost not moral, not immoral, but ordered, and then you, you have to choose one. There's no immorality available. And I just, I really love that. But I'm, I'm talking more as a Refn fan than as a Drive fan, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's 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 a fair way of putting it. I mean, let, let's kind of like, um, let's yeah, let's. I think I have an idea for the Rex. What um, Fel- what Fellini fans say about eight and a half? Like kind of like that kind of like culmination of his career, like kind of going into the movie. Okay. But um, yeah, sorry, Graham, stay your room. Jim, have you seen so which Wes Anderson's have you not seen? I haven't seen The Life Aquatic and Bottle Rocket, and that's it. Uh, okay, those are like honestly like probably my two like least favorite from him. They're still great. I don't know. I, seen... If you would like to do a Wes Anderson podcast, we could do that, and then just do one other movie. Yeah, that could be cool. Because I because I'm gonna rewatch some of his movies like pretty soon. Um, I. I, I've watched the first um, 30 minutes of Life Aquatic and okay. it's like probably my favorite Wes Anderson that I've seen so far mm-hmm. and I just had to stop it because I wanted to watch it last. So I can, yeah. yeah. We could do Wes Anderson and one other. Siegel, do you have any ideas? I don't know. I have a lot of ideas. Um, Give me one. <laughs> you can do a Bergman. Oh. Mm. The Velocity um, Pastor. Oh, lost the pastor. You can do Paddington too. Mm, absolutely. What if we do and like if I and if, if I were to recommend movie? a film, my recommendation would be you were never really here. Oh, oh yeah. Fuck it, let's do it. I mean, honestly, Wes Anderson. You will never. You will never do that. Um, Wes Anderson and, and you were never really here. Yeah. Uh, That's a very uh, different vibe. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like Perfect Blue. Do that. Perfect Blue is like love. Perfect Blue. Yeah, I adore I that song. I, I I haven't seen Paddington too. I really want to see it. So um, yeah, I like it. So. Oh, have you <gasps> seen Paddington? Yeah, I've seen Paddington one. Yeah. And you haven't seen Paddington too? You're breaking my heart. Well, don't, like, I haven't watched it. Like, it's not like I I've like refused to watch it. I just like. I no, just, not on any, not on any <laughs> streaming services, and like I just like no, yeah, no, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah, no, I got it, but still, yeah. still, 
I, I, I'm going to watch it. Like it looks amazing. <laughs> I yeah, I'm I'm obsessed with it. I like anything I've seen that's it, British. I think six times. I don't know. I watched it four times last year, two times. It's only like a little bit in the air. Nice. So yeah, I mean, don't yeah. What 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 are you guys going for? I think we're gonna do that. Uh, you were never really here, and uh, Wes Anderson. Cool, cool. I I mean, yeah, awesome. Um, the director, very, which which Wes Anderson are you doing? Oh, which Wes Anderson? Oh, uh, I, well, I mean, Jim. I just want Jim to finish his last two, and we'll just like talk in broad. Like, oh, oh yeah, nice. Oh, I love that. Well, I guess I got to watch. Wait, Jim, have you seen Jim? Have you seen Swiss Army Man? No, I don't see Oh, that movie. Mm, that's an interesting film. That movie it slaps. Oh, it sucks. Oh. It sucks. <laughs> I also thought for a second you said it sucks, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I gave it five stars. That movie's awesome. Oh, yeah, cool. no, the movie cool. hits me really hard. I have to watch it though; it's been a while. Um, yeah, I remember. Really Daniel Radcliffe's career since Harry Potter has been very has been, odd. One of yeah, his very films. weird. Agreed. Weird role, but one of his better movies for sure. Oh yeah. He's well, Prisoner of a, Prisoners of Azkaban being his best movie. Well, well, I'm talking post post Harry Potter. Nah, yeah. Prisoner of, Prisoners of Azkaban is like I think like number twenty five on my list or something. I love that. Movie. Oh wow. Yeah. I haven't mm. seen Harry Potter in so long. Yeah. Well. I read the books so many times as a kid. Yeah. I don't think I ever so many read all of them, but I think I read some of them. Daniel Radcliffe's best performance is in Playmobil the movie, I think, to me. Oh, <laughs> easily. Oh my gosh, that movie so weird. Do you guys hear about how they like completely like changed like what the movie was? Like if you look up tra- the first trailer and the second trailer, they're like Two completely different movies. Carson Runquist did a video on it. I don't know if you guys watched it, but no, that's I all seen, I watched. I thought I'd seen no, most of his well, videos, but it. apparently, I <laughs> yeah. We'll watch the Playmobil one after this podcast is over. It's like what they did was so weird. It's honestly, it's honestly hilarious. But like, yeah, super random. Speaking of trailers and then being very different, I was I the Popeye movie was they came out with a trailer and then it was scrapped for the Emoji movie. Yes, that was a mistake. What's up with what that? Because the, the Popeye trailer looks fun. What happened to that movie? I, I, they I, scrapped I, it uh, for for the Emoji movie. I think that another company recently, another production company recently, like bought the rights to it and they're going to make it. I don't know if that's ever really going to happen. But yeah, the Emoji movie took precedence apparently. Uh, did the uh, Emoji movie was... make a lot of money though? I'm pretty sure it made a lot. Yeah, of money. it did. Did it actually? Like a... No, I think it actually didn't make that much. Were they making a sequel? It actually did. It made okay. I'm not sure what the budget was, but it made 217 million dollars worldwide. And but on a budget of 50 million, yeah, worldwide. Okay, that's not that's not that's not insane, but it's it's definitely a good enough budget. That's a good budget. Yeah. No, I think it had a ridiculously high marketing budget, though. I think it had like something like over like Mm. 60 million dollars. Yeah, I remember the marketing for that like just being awful. It was a lot. I remember. Yeah. But like, yeah. Jack's films with that movie. <laughs> Classic um, shit. Well, I, I I guess this was this. Guess episode. we gotta end it here. Thank you guys for listening well, so much. That was super fun. I yeah, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed having your insight. I'm so glad we finally uh, worked out a time that we could actually do this. We've been trying to do this for a while. Yeah. yeah.
And it's kind of late now. But yeah. Yeah, it's really late. It. It's really yeah, early it's... for for Jim, but it's really really late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that was have a good a one. Lot of, how was that? That was two and a half hours. How? how? That was yeah. Well, we also hell? spoke for a little while before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been was, on. Yeah. Well, thank <laughs> you guys for listening. Editing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, everyone. All right. Ciao. <laughs>